kids behind the bus time. From the NHRL studios in Norwalk, Connecticut, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind the bots. I'm Chris. I'm Luke. I'm Lindsay. I'm Kyle. And I'm Chad. And today on the podcast, a very special four-year anniversary AMA episode with the four of us, hosted by the pumpkin king of Colorado himself, Chad New. We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have two news items for you today. First up, catch live robot combat this weekend in California, Texas, Minnesota, and Saskatoon, Canada. In California, Sierra College in Rockland is hosting a 15-pound tournament this Saturday, open to high school and college students under the BotsIQ slash NRL program. In Texas, they'll be fighting antweights and beetleweights at Letourneau University in Longview. In Canada, FingerTech Robotics is hosting a rookies-only antweight tournament on Saturday at FingerTech's headquarters in Saskatoon. And finally, in Minnesota on Sunday, friends of the pod Casey Jermiason and her husband Casey Jermiason will be holding their first-ever combat robot event, an antweight tournament held at a bar in Newmarket, Minnesota called the Double Wide. Uh, check out these events and more at robotcombatevents.com. Meanwhile, Sableys captain Jameson Go took home two first-place finishes this past weekend at NHRL's March competition, winning back-to-back Golden Dumpsters with his 12-pounder Psycho and his 30-pounder Megatron. In the Beatles, Brandeis University instructor Tim Hebert took home first place with his dominant, mythological-slash-gluttonous-themed robot Chubby Unicorn. NHRL is back in action May 6th for the third qualifying event of the season. I want to pause here. Chris, Lindsay, Kyle, we were all there on Saturday, obviously, for a very long day. I would love to get your thoughts on this weekend's competition. Uh, this one was chaotic. <laughs> um, I thought that the three-pound competition was extremely fierce, um, extremely good fights. Uh, Tim Hebert did a phenomenal job. I mean, he was just unstoppable all day long. Um, other good fights from uh, Robert Rund and Crashfest throughout the day. Loved him. Um, but I think the big story of this event was Jameson deciding to bring two bots and taking home Golden Dumpsters with both, um, with very fierce competitions in both weight classes. I mean, the question's got to be asked, is Jameson Go the GOAT? You know what I mean? He's The record he's building up is ridiculous at these events. And um you know, this one was like it feel it felt effortless for him. He was just having fun. And he walked home with two golden dumpsters. Yeah. Um I think that he is going clearly going to be our first double digit dumpster winner um at NHRL. He is I think I think he's at nine golden dumpsters, if I remember correctly. Um so yeah, one more and I think it's gonna be ten. I'd have to double check. Gil, keep me honest. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there there is no question that Jameson Go is the best builder <laughs> uh, on the East Coast. Um, probably the best all around builder uh, in North America. Yeah. Um, in these weight classes, 
Um, you know, like we have obviously super dominant beetleweight builders, but Silent Spring is no slouch, of course. It's been top ranked for a very long time. And when you take a look at Psycho and Megatron, it is absolutely meticulous engineering in the 12s and the 30s. Like they look like Battlebots. It's gorgeous. Um, like Psycho just just looks like a professional product. Um, it is it is a little miniature bite force, basically. Um, so yeah, I mean, JMO is tearing through the competition very early, qualifying early. So he gives himself lots of time to qualify with Silent Spring, which I'm assuming will happen in May, uh, if not, uh, you know, uh, yeah, later later in the year. It's basically guaranteed. Chris, Lindsay, your thoughts on Saturday? Uh, wow, I've never seen the pits uh, quite so um, quite so jam packed. Uh, but it was actually nice to see so many builders coming through and getting their bots through safety on Friday night. I think it was something like almost a, a third or more than a quarter of the teams had already been there and passed safety on Friday. Otherwise, I don't know if Saturday morning could have gone. Uh, uh, could have gone better, <laughs> but you know, it, it was, uh, it was a great event. There was tons of people there. We had some technical difficulties in the background with our, uh, with our, with our, our buildings, uh, network infrastructure. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, uh, the fan experience I feel like was unmarred and, it was uh, it was great to see so many people there live that were having a wonderful time, and uh, my cousin Zach came, which was really cool, and my best friend Bill came with his uh, four kids, and they were literally blown away uh, by you know this this place that I get to go and uh, you know kind of just grind along at uh, every couple of months, and it was uh, it was so fun, kind of showing people from the outside world what we do and. Uh, what fun there is to be had with robots. Um, special shout out, you know, uh, you know, speaking of Bill, to uh, Alicia Garnash, Chris. And, uh, you know, her her work up yeah. in the pits, like really making people feel welcome and included and excited. Uh, like yeah, Alicia so is great. My, my friend Billy brought, like I said, his four kids. And just before they were about to head out the door, you know, I took them for a, a quick pass uh, just down the main aisle of the pits. And we went to just go say goodbye to Lindsay at her station. And and while we were there, she came over and, um, you know, she ended up bringing Bill and, and the four kids back over to their pit area. And she showed, uh, you know, these kids ranging from like, I think like 11 down to like four, uh, how all of her robots worked and what these components were, gave them a bunch of stickers, you know, words of encouragement. It was one of the coolest things I had ever seen in my entire life. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even joke there. It's just so impressive that someone's that dedicated and uh, warm and kind, and it, it was just a wonderful thing to see. Oh my gosh, I was gonna say uh, she did the same thing for my kids at Motorama, and it's so cool to see that. That's just her modus operandi. She sees kids, she wants to educate them. I love that. That's so cool. That's fantastic. I love that. Uh, it was fun for me being uh, in the pits. They moved me out of my secluded enclave. Um, and now I am amongst the people in the pits, um, which was definitely uh, a lot more lively. I probably um, talked more on Saturday than I have 
uh, in a very long time. So I feel like I didn't actually get to see as much as the competition as I normally do. Um, but I was really rooting for Brandon Bennett Young. Um, I know that he had waited a long time to kind of go up against Jamison in the finals and you really wanted to, you know, beat him. And, and I think that he could have if he had both forks um, on his bot, but he said in a previous match, it just got too bent and there was no way to, to, uh, you know, make it work. Um, which is a bummer. Cause you know, if you're going up in a fight that you you've been dreaming about, you want to go at like full power. Um, so I don't know. It would have been interesting to see what, um, he could have done, but you know, way to go to Brandon who I, I feel is like, is just an unsung hero in the sport. He um, has been in competing like since before NHRL was a thing. Um, and he is just getting better and better every time. So proud of him. Um, and I said on the stream, I'm going to say it again. Hats off to Chris Caps, who I think is like going to be a serious contender um, as he, you know, matures and learns and grows in the in the sport he's he's just I, I don't know i'm guessing 18 years old maybe but um he just he's done so much already going from um just a viewer at home to like a kit builder and now it's like a much more custom thing so i just i don't know good good vibes good vibes all around on, uh, on Chris Caps, I was um, looking at old photos today, randomly, and I saw that he had commented on a photo of mine from a year ago saying, my brother and I are going to go to our first NHRL and we're so excited. Like, we'll see you next weekend or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, that was only a year ago. And Power Surge 2 was a contender this weekend. It drove great. It hit hard. I'm just so happy for for Chris and that robot. Um, I just think 2023 is going to be really a good year for him. So um, so totally stoked about that. Yeah. Uh, and one more person I just want to mention, Lars, who was so close, so mm. so so close to uh, to qualifying. Um, well, it was Beetlejuice who was uh, the yeah, one that knocked him out. Um, and man, it was it was pretty close. And then it wasn't <laughs> at a certain point. And jet lag got, I think, more damage. And I have seen that bot get maybe ever. Um, and then as that match was ending, Beetlejuice died uh, in, yes. in the middle of the mm -hmm. arena. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Did did Lars really win by breaking his face with his face? Um, but I think with like five seconds left to go, someone probably said Beetlejuice three times and the bot came back to life. <laughs> yeah. Lars isn't old enough to trick yet. <laughs> True. <laughs> he's what? He's 15 now? No, he's not old enough to drink. Beetlejuice is the hardest hitting, like, pound for pound horizontal spinner in the game right now. That was ridiculous this weekend. Speaking of Beetlejuice, I just so happened to be sitting down in the lobby on Sunday morning um, when Ariel came down to get breakfast. We ended up talking for like 30 minutes about the robot and just how stoked she was to finish third in the competition. She and Kevin and Marley are very much like Chris Caps in that a year ago they were viewers, they were super fans. Yeah. And I mean, I, I told her at breakfast, I was like... Um, 
because also Stag Beetlebot, Michael, Michael came down. Um, so I was talking to Michael and Ariel, and um, I was like, both of you have just evolved so much faster than the average rookie. Like usually it takes a rookie about a year before they start to win pretty, um, pretty consistently. And when you walk over to the Beetlejuice, you know, team, uh, team pandemoniums area, it just looks totally pristine. They have multiple robots. They have fixed their alternate robots in between their matches. Um, and they're just, just cycling through them. And the same thing with Michael and Stag Beetlebot. Um, the robot started off as kind of a Frankenstein kit bot, but he has turned it into something totally custom in the last four months. Um, because I, I think his last competition was November and then he's back, you know, um, he skipped January cause he didn't have a new bot and, um, it just looks amazing. So just really stoked about their performance. Also stoked about Seth Schaefer and, and SSP. Like that was a great robot. Um, and it went super deep. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I really, I think there are so many cool stories of robots improving. And like, we've seen the entire history of the robot, which is just awesome. So yeah, good, good vibes there. I think like, I just love to see, see that improvement. Um, well, yeah. Okay, good. Well, we're, I'm sure we're going to talk about NHL more in our conversation with Chad. Um, and it's already going to be a very long episode. I mean, unless I guess we, we do our own rapid fire questions. So uh, that is it for this week's news. We'll be back in just a second with our AMA episode with Chad. This week on the podcast, it's a very special AMA episode with Chris, Lindsay, Kyle, and Luke. I'm giant pumpkin farmer Chad New. I also own a pet store. I've been doing combat robotics worldwide for over 20 years. The last few seasons I've been on BattleBots with the team Copperhead. I'm here to take all of your questions, no matter how embarrassing. So let's just jump right into it and get started because we're going to be here for a while. Chad, oh I'm excited. I can't imagine somebody better for this job than you. So uh, this is going to be great. You say that now, Luke. Uh, just uh, let's uh, let's buckle up and <laughs> see how you feel in a little while. Bring uh, it's going to be like questions. Record scratch. One hour, now, Chad. <laughs> we are record your giant scratch. Pumpkins. What one hour later, I'm crying and I'm like, I want to stop the podcast, Chad. <laughs> There's no, no crying in podcasting, and you can't. Stop. <laughs> so buckle up, Buttercup. Let's get serious now, because this is serious. Combat robots is serious. We're all. Serious. <laughs> all right, so let's get into it. Matt Landry, who runs Fallout at NHRL, wants to know what guests were you most surprised by, meaning. You thought they were going to be not great, a not great interview, but was actually amazing, or vice versa. Ooh, I got a good one for this. All right, Kyle. Uh, the second time we interviewed Kyle Miller, um, because okay. the first time we interviewed Kyle Miller, he had just gotten back from the event and he was dead tired, and he was the like the most stone faced, boring responses you would ever have in a human being. <laughs> 
Uh, oh and then God. he comes back for the second time because he had to because he'd been doing so well. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be terrible. And it ended up being an awesome interview. He was so funny. He was so charming. And I was like, what happened at that last interview? And he was like, oh, Kyle, I hadn't slept for like 36 hours when you interviewed me last time. So you had me in my like post BattleBots delirium. I, uh, yeah, so I, this was the first time you actually talked to me before you talked to like a sleep deprived version of me. And I was like, ah, that makes all the wow. sense. So, uh, I, I just love that you've just come roaring out of the gates with just <laughs> criticizing a top tier BattleBots captain by name, Kyle. That's great. Oh, I'll call him out. I, I, he's a fellow Kyle. We can call each other out. It's fine. Kyle, uh, Kyle Miller's first interview was so boring. I was just like, <laughs> what is happening? I know. It was it was like it was like oh yeah I've built a killer robot and I have no idea how cool that is like I can't even get excited about that um so yeah Kyle that's a pretty good one to um, be fair it's like talking to any of us on the Sunday after an NHRL yeah it's like, not a good idea getting more than three words out of me is is really a tall task so <laughs> I have sympathy. <laughs> So what's the, what's the conversation um, with you and Chris like after that? You know, do you guys just kind of grunt at one another? That's any given day, cheers. <laughs> we so uh, uh, me and and uh, Luke and Chris drive up together. Chris drives us, and um, you know, on the way home, it's a series of grunts, and then you know, just. Go- gossiping can i say that are we allowed to say that we oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're filled to the brim with cheeseburger arepas yeah <laughs> yeah Which is one um, of our, that's our sunday morning staple is we go to uh la valencia lunceria which um is not too far from uh water street uh, i think it's only like a couple of miles but if you're ever in the norwalk area and you're looking for the best brunch hit up La Valenceria. That's it, right? Now, now, Chris and Lindsay, I got to keep you on, on, on topic. You know, did you have a, an interview that you think was going to be terrible? It was actually great. Sorry, Chad, I'm taking over your moderations. It's awful. You're, you're more experienced than I am. Um, I, I've always been leery when we've had multiple members of Team Monsoon on at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I'm like, it's going to be very chaotic with that many people. And no matter what, even though you could barely make out with anyone saying, it's always just hilarious and loud yeah. and fun. Um, yeah. I also, uh, I didn't know what it was going to be like going head to head with another podcast in the Behind the Bots and Robocast crossover for the gang fits, fixes BattleBots. Um, but I, I have a deep, uh, uh, you know, a deep love for, uh, the folks over the pond. Um, and they are, uh, they are so brilliant and so fun and it's wonderful talking to them all. Right. Anybody else? I, I'm, uh, too, I can't. Oh, Lindsay. Hmm? Um, I've, I've talked about this one before, but um, I the first time I felt like real, just like an electric thunderbolts um, on the podcast was when the first time that we interviewed Matt Spark and um, in the middle of the interview, because I, I had been asking him questions about his work experience and I had like stalked his LinkedIn and I was like, oh, wow, cool. You're like an engineer at Disney. And um, he talked 
bunch about Disney. I'm just like kind of fascinated by the entire subject and like what happens behind the scenes at Disney World. And um, I'm like kind of just wrapping up that, like the career portion of the questions. And he's like, oh, don't you want to ask me about like my my current day job? Because I think it's kind of cool. And I was like, uh, sure, I can't be cooler than working at Disney as an engineer and ride tester. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I, uh, I, also, I also work at NASA and I work on the rocket program. And um, it just like it caught me out of left field. This is really early in the podcast. This is probably three years ago. I didn't know about this. Obviously, the show doesn't bring it up. And um, I was just like, we threw out the entire script. And we were like, oh, my God, that is so cool. And like, I went from being like, um, yeah, yeah, I like Matt's Burke to like, oh, my God, I freaking love Matt's Burke. So um, shout out to Matt. Like, uh Amazing. Great, great dude. Matt, Matt is one of the A++++, and his whole family for that matter, of the of the robotic family. I love him to death. All right. I've, I'll, I'll say real quickly, not, not that I thought that this was going to be a bad interview. I just didn't know what to expect going into it because we've, we've only had minimal interaction like on a deeper level at NHRL events. But when we interviewed Jim Haney, um as he was exiting nhrl i was like okay i already knew that you were maybe one of the most interesting people alive but like you have now blown that out of the water i can't believe all of the things that you have accomplished in in your (laughs) life so yeah go listen to that one so i'm going to sprinkle in a handful of questions that i have pooled or pulled from uh some of the the veteran robot chats that I'm a part of. These will be anonymous questions because some of them are, uh, you know, a little, uh, little spicier than others. But the first one's an easy one. Um, on average, how many downloads or, or listen time do you guys get? How do you feel you rank amongst the robot-specific nerdiness uh, outlets out there? You know, either be it YouTube or other podcasts. Um, you know, where do you guys feel that you stand? Hmm. Lindsay, you pay attention to the data more than anybody else. I think that that would be uh, that would be a question for you, really. Um, in the last, so I just pulled it up. In the last uh, two weeks, two. Well, no, I only have seven day total was uh, two thousand one hundred seven downloads. In the last thirty days, it's six thousand six hundred and sixty six. So. A uh, wow. good time to uh, find that number. Lots of uh, <laughs> uh, sixes there. I had to sell my soul to get that many downloads. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We it's like you know one to one thousand to twelve, thirteen hundred on average during the season. I think that we've had about I think twenty five percent growth season over season, which is which is pretty cool. I you yeah. know the. Um, the, the NHRL community has certainly, uh, found, uh, created new avenues for, um, some new people to join and word of mouth and from people out there liking and subscribing and I know we would, uh, we would definitely get more views if we were on YouTube. People have definitely been asking for a YouTube version of our show for a while. And I think we're almost about set up for that. I know we've, we just had some like internet, um, you know, bandwidth issues, but I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll uh, join the world of YouTube soon. Well, you guys got to get off the dial up connection and get this uh, high speed internet thing. It's all the rage. 
Yeah, Luke. I I upgraded my internet for like I spent like six hundred bucks to upgrade my internet specifically so we could launch a YouTube show. Yep. Wow. So well, let's do it. I didn't. Let's do it. All right. He's done Luke's, now. He did. He Luke's got it all driveway, done. Driveway like basically has two uh, empty tomato sauce cans with a string connecting the two of them. That's that's how, that's his line out. Yes, that's right. Well, yeah. I think there there's somebody at the last event who may have acquired a lot of uh, cable, so you could probably <laughs> wrangle some connections there and make make that upgrade happen. I guess it depends on what you're willing to spend on. It. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking real quick, I want to um, shout out some of the listeners we have in countries that I don't know, uh, you know, why they listen to us, but. Um, shout out, we have a very um, consistent listeners in Vietnam, in Switzerland, in Paraguay, in Sa- we have three listeners in Saudi Arabia over the last couple of weeks, Poland, Qatar, Bulgaria, Turkey, Ukraine, Ukraine. Thanks for listening to us. Like, yeah, that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. And the bots worldwide. They listen for robots around the world because they want to know if uh, we're going to focus on their country next. Yeah. All right. So keeping this train rolling, Joseph Summers has a good question. Besides Reese, are there any builders or drivers that you have not yet been able to get on the show that you would like to? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Kyle and I, we, we typically split up the booking um, and guest booking. And uh, between the two of us, I, I feel like we're probably connected to basically everyone in the community, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say, Kyle? Yeah, right. for sure. Um, the one person who I have not been able to get onto the show is Bronco Captain Xander Rose. Yep. So if anyone's friends with Xander and you get a message to him, you know, I'm sure that he's somewhere cool right now, probably in some kind of secret space mission or something. Uh, yeah, s- send him send him an email. Uh, the to, uh, the to other respond. ones we've tried and have not succeeded on are Mark Satrakian. Um, oh. We've tried a bunch and we have not been successful as of yet, but we are still trying because we we would desperately love to. Oh, Lindsay's holding up a finger. Luke's holding up a finger. What? Chris and I talked to Mark Satrakian at BattleBots filming, and he said that he would be open to it. And uh, we got his email address. Oh, um, and. I've also uh, I've emailed Mark Strachan separately, and he said not this week, but like check in with me later. And I forgot to check in with him later, so I think that's probably <laughs> probably my bad. Awesome! I'm excited about that. That would be amazing. And then, um, you know, we've uh, we've had one BattleBots founder on, but there's another one that's elusive. Uh, we we have not been able to get him on the show yet, and we'd like to at some point. So, oh wait, Kyle, we've had both of them on. When have we had both of them on? Yeah, we've had Together, Greg and we've had Trey. Yeah, we've had Trey on. We've had yeah. Trey on. It was such a such a long interview that we split it into a two part episode. Kyle, what? Yeah, here's the problem. Was... We've we've recorded so many episodes that I now I have to go back and like Google it because I don't remember like exactly <laughs> who we've interviewed. I want to listen to that one. I, I must have missed that episode. Yeah, you're you are missing one though, Kyle, and it is none other than uh, Beta Captain John Reed. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. John doesn't do interviews at all. He doesn't do interviews yeah. at all. He straight um, up turned us down. Like, yep, just 
cold-blooded. No, no, he was so polite about it. He said he loves our show and he just that he doesn't he said he doesn't go in for that sort of thing. He he was so mean. He made me cry at BattleBots. I just came over. I was like, Mr. Reed, I am such a huge fan of Beta. I just have to say you are such an inspiration for all these years in robot combat. And he was like, I am sleeping right now. And uh, <laughs> and it made me sad. So, you know, I'm not going to make I that mistake I have a feeling again. that didn't happen. I was, I was once also denied uh, by... Uh, Jamie Heineman from Mythbusters, which, which stung a little bit um, because, you know, he had said, I've done several interviews over the years about our bots that we built a long time ago, and I have nothing else to add. <laughs> and I was just oh. like, okay. I mean, the, the sport is still evolving. We can talk about some of the new... No? Okay. All right. Sorry. That's a very... But answer. He was incredibly efficient. He returned my email in like less than 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so Ashley Beckman, who helps run Milk Tank at NHRL and hosted five VIP tours this past weekend, wants to know, when are Ryan and Justin Hunter going to be on the show? I think we need a final bot list off between them and Luke. I'm not sure what that means. Luke, care to light on it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we were we were doing the weird part of the night. I don't know, probably six months ago. And somebody was like, "Oh, we should uh, we should do a competition between the announcers and somebody here in the building, a super fan, to see who can name the most NHRL bots in thirty seconds." And um, Ryan and I, we ended up tying, and sadly crushing Kyle completely, like into a fine paste. I'm so sorry, Kyle. You were awful at that, and um, and then we 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 did a head to head bot off, and I I beat Ryan slightly, but this was a while ago, and I actually think that Ryan can absolutely beat me now. So um, yeah, uh, he is he and his brother are more than welcome to come on anytime. I would love to have more NHRL people on this year um, after the season is over on BattleBots, um, and doing another bot off would be humiliating and fun and uh you are smarter than a kyle luke i am i (laughs) i am uh i i don't know i think uh (laughs) nhrl i am uh i was a little bit faster that day uh but i'm certainly not smarter than a kyle i am i am dumber than a Kyle. you guys are being too politically correct here we got to get you know I, I like how Kyle is nodding yes by the way that I say I'm dumber than a Kyle Kyle just says yeah that's uh, how no, I'm dare you, at Kyle. the fact I'm nodding at the fact that you are uh absolutely so humble about this listen your bot <laughs> your bot recollection skills are ridiculously good you're a very smart man um you are most assuredly smarter than a Kyle you're you're just fine you're just fine Aww. thanks man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Next question from the mystery list. Uh, Lindsay, are you single? Yes. (laughs) She is. (laughs) Single and looking right at my husband next to me. That was the next. Which. Because that that person who asked the question, I said she's married. And then the response was happily, question mark. (laughs) Very happily. I think we are in our. I can't do months, eighth month of marriage. And also this is our eighth year together. We've been together quite a long time. 
Um, and I uh, tell him every day uh, how happy I am. We end the day with a solid handshake. <laughs> yeah. They've, uh, they've also had eight previous marriages uh, each. So, you know, that's 16 broken hearts. But uh, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, eight eight months ago they got married in my backyard, which I'm so happy about, you guys. Oh, it was great. That was like the best day ever. It was pretty nice. It was wonderful. It was exactly the ceremony that I wanted. See, uh, I'm gonna cry just talking about it. I cried a lot that day, happily. Um, and then uh, yeah, there was only like I don't know twelve people that we had come because we wanted to keep it small, and then we had a big party in October. Um, where we, um, I, uh, nearly got a concussion, uh, while sumo wrestling. So that's how, you know, it was a good party. Right. Everybody's <laughs> sumo suits at their wedding. That's uh, it's a requirement. <laughs> All right. Well, if you ever want to, you know, change things up a little bit, uh, shoot me a text. Uh, I know a guy. Yeah. I mean, it's anonymous, so, uh, I'll just speculate. Right. Or you anonymous was behind this <laughs> oh i'm not messing with them uh blood sport team member brian boxel who runs eruption at nhrl has a related question of the one that i skipped whoops has gil ever been on behind the bots and if not can he be yes 1000 percent, he can be i would love to have gil on um i think he'd be great i mean like gil is I don't think, I mean, I think people kind of know, but we actually know exactly how much Gil helps keep NHRL running. I, like, I cannot imagine the hours that Gil puts in with the, 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 the tournament format and just all the, all the shenanigans and running around and statistics. That, that makes my brain hurt even thinking about it. Um, I'll, share just, I'll, I'll share a quick uh, anecdote from this past weekend. We had some technical difficulties in the background. So many builders, so many people there, um, you know, all hopping on the uh, the building's uh, network ended up potentially cratering it. And uh, so we had to continue the stream just with the sheer number of bots there or else this was going to become a two-day event uh, with, with probably sleep, people sleeping on the floor. Uh, the, one of the only reasons why we were able to uh, – Obviously not at full speed, but we were able to kind of maintain progress in the bracket was because Gil turned into a human CPU sitting in his back room with, <laughs> you know, this new workaround strategy for judges and 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 people were feeding him uh, scores over the radio uh, so that he could update like a native like spreadsheet and the 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 actual tournament was able to continue limping along instead of coming to a complete halt because like basically Gil just had every input like jacked into him from every corner of that building and he kept the whole thing afloat and I was so impressed that he didn't collapse under the pressure because so many people would have so it's like the matrix he's just sitting in the chair with all the cords plugged into him he's yeah that's exactly. right. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. He he. When when the competition was over, he spoke fluent Latin and knew kung fu. <laughs> I need a download for a motorcycle quick. He knows it. Uh, Jean Philippe wants to know any hope of getting Chris Rose uh, Rose excuse me on the podcast anytime soon. Ooh, 
I can answer this one. So I think it was for our second anniversary as a podcast. Um, I booked Chris Rose on Cameo um, and had him do like a little celebration message for us. And he was like, you know, this was totally unprompted. I didn't ask him to say this, but he was like, you guys have a BattleBots podcast and you haven't asked me on? Like, what's the deal? Uh, Ask me, I'm there. Um, But I don't actually know how to get in contact with him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, outside of Cameo. So I I feel like he'd be down. He seems like a really nice, chill dude. I mean, we've had Kenny on, we've had Farouk on. Um, I'm sure we, Chris would say yes, but I know we, he does baseball and that's like coming up soon. So we got to figure out a calendar thing. We we went through BattleBot showrunner Aaron Catling for both Farouk and Kenny. And uh, I guess I guess we could probably dip into our, our well of goodwill with Aaron one more time to see if he can hook us up with Chris Rose. Aaron. Um, so Aaron, I guess if you're listening, uh, yeah, I guess uh, give us his personal details. <laughs> we we won't miss you. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Gil, NHRL's resident statistician, statistician, however you say that word, and community <laughs> director, uh, he wants to know what happened to your old theme music. What prompted the switch to the new music? Oh, hmm. I think we were Chris, bored. Chris did it. Sorry. Way to go. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, we were uh, we were coming on a new season. We had, uh, you know, probably like a two week break. You know, that's our our big getaway for the year because for some reason we produce like fifty of these episodes a year. Um, and you know, uh, I just wanted uh, to let people know as soon as they you hop on that hey, it's a new year, new me. New Year, New Us, New Year, New Bots. And uh, our outro music is actually supplied by the uh, wonderful Sam, uh, which, you know, well, that is a, a more recent addition. Uh, Sam was in a high school band that plays, I can't even describe what genre of music that is. It's something from the past, but also something from the future, but also something from like 1987. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. I really dig it. It's I, really cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh anonymous question. Chris, what is the origin story of Clyde Magnuson? We need a serious version and a not so serious version. You you can pick uh you know who answers the question first. Oh well uh I, I've heard he's from Pennsylvania. <laughs> so I guess that's his origin. Um uh, no, it's, uh, you know, I, I I was with my family making Alternate Side, uh, which was our um, our one-time appearance flamethrower uh, that was pretty neat, I think. It had street sweeper brushes for wheels, if you recall. Um, it had two propane tanks. The whole thing was very uh, hazardous. Uh, it was uh, not very mobile. And so I built a persona that was also both of those things. And I had my cousin David along who, you know, we just kind of wanted to lean into something fun. And, um, you know, that's the Clyde Magnuson was born on the spot when they put a microphone in my face pretty much. Uh, and, you know, 
what's what's actually kind of fun is you know who who Clyde actually is and why I'm able to tap into Clyde so so easily. Uh, Clyde is my dad, <laughs> and so I I can channel that whenever I want. I'm sorry. Uh, spoiler alert. Yes, that it is true. I I am Clyde Magnuson. <laughs> <laughs> So oh. we're dropping bombs here today. Um, your dad isn't quite a grifter, though. No, no. You know what, Clyde? Your your dad holds more grudges than Clyde Magnuson, though. <laughs> like I feel like Clyde Magnuson's kind of like a a bit more like kind of free, 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 free floating. Kind of like lives in the moment. And uh, <laughs> right, Clyde Clyde Magnuson is my dad. If he never met my mom, <laughs> <laughs> does he? Does he? You know. Himself wow. off of only Chef Boyardee. That... <laughs> He's right behind you. Yeah, we see see him in the shadows behind you. Um, hold on, hold on, and I can actually prove this. Hey, JD, come here hey. for a second. Just stick your face in the window. <laughs> Pause for a dramatic effect. Yep, there he is. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> here we go. Hi. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, that's Chad from Copperhead. Oh, how you doing, Chad? Good, how are you doing, Clyde? Got a good machine, buddy. Oh, thank you, thank you. We're rooting for we'll you. We'll try. We'll give it our best. I got an idea, too. All right, we'll bring you on next season. You, Luke's out, you're in. Luke's out, you're in. My name of my bot is Hard Knocks. I like it. What does it do, Johnny D? What do you say? What does Describe it do? It. What does it do? What does the robot do? Front end is lawnmower blade. Back end is a propeller. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Can't go wrong. There you go. The lawnmower blade goes 360. Vertical. Vertical. That's that's actually a pretty good idea. I like that. Thank you, Johnny D. Okay. <laughs> Chris, that couldn't have gone. That couldn't have gone more perfectly. <laughs> uh oh, we've lost Chad. All right. Okay. Okay. I can I can ask the next question then until Chad comes back. Um, all right, uh, Heather Stringfellow wants to know how mad will you all be when Lindsay's Mountain Glowbot idea actually works? Chris, do you want to take this one? Oh wait, oh there's Chad. Hello, Chad. Sorry, my my phone just randomly started playing music. <laughs> it was with with Clyde there. It was just uh, it was so exciting. It just started. Was it doing Fergie? Some, some... Big girls don't cry. Yeah. It was like well, it was more like big butts, like big bucks, and it doesn't lie. <laughs> Never heard of that Fergie song. <laughs> uh, Heather Stringfellow, how mad will you be when all of Lindsay's Mountain Glowbot ideas actually work? Well, I'll just be the first person to say that uh, Luke, Kyle, and I have a secret messenger uh, tab open where we talk about the validity of the drone idea. We think it's fantastic and we're very yeah. supportive of it. Yeah. And we share I, articles I have, where people have actually uh, successfully been able to do it across the globe. 
I have several investors who are interested <laughs> in putting in money right now. As soon as we can get a pitch deck together and, you know, just Lindsay, I, I guess now's the right time for us to reveal this to you. Guys, we're going to be rich. <laughs> well, don't forget about Kyle's <laughs> going to be rich. Cause he's the one that filed the patent. <laughs> <laughs> That was secret information in that separate chat, dude. You weren't supposed to say that. (laughs) Heather also wants to know, without naming any names, but I would like you to name names. Have you ever interviewed someone for the podcast and swore that you would never invite them on again? Yes. 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 Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Can I I add one more? Because I forgot. Um, The Captain of Daisy Cutter was... Absolutely oh, yeah. delightful. That was our first home run interview. Hit it out of the park. Um, amazing. So, all right, go back and listen to that. That's an oldie but a goodie. Um, in, terms of people, in terms of people who we had on and we swore we would never bring back, I love this person and I'm a massive fan of this person, but um, they will not be coming back on. Kyle, Chris, Lindsay. Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't. Uh, can I guess the initials? Oh, God. Oh, come on. Okay. Just is it, spit it out. Is, is, is it M.M.? Oh, dear God, Lindsay, it was. Um, this would be... Mary Madeline? This is Mad Catter, Captain Martin Mason, who oh, I no. love. Oh, no. That's not... <laughs> no. Lindsay, how <laughs> oh, dare you? That, that wasn't my M.M., <laughs> Who's your MM? I can't be. All right, I, let's either you say the name my, or we move on. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll the, leave it out there for the world to speculate on. Okay. M-M. The the reason why uh, Martin cannot come on anymore <laughs> is because he talked like Randy Savage for about an hour and 45 minutes. And I was just hearing WWE in my ears for about three hours that night. I could not sleep. All I could hear was, oh, yeah. And um, so, uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll caveat it. Martin, if you'd like to, to bring your Chris Rose announcing voice on, you may come back on. But, um, yeah, uh, that, that's who I would say. Kyle, do you want to? So you were your, your sweet little pepper, you know, talking in a, in a macho man, Randy Savage voice. Yes. Yes. I love you, daddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. So I don't have any. To add. Wow. You guys just let me hang out there on a branch. Thanks. Yep. We all can't answer every question, Luke. All right. They're giving you the Luke. You just keep on pulling it in. The market sharpening company, uh, which provides knife sharpening services in Winnipeg, writes, not a question. I think Lindsay's idea for the drone landscape art is brilliant. I dream about the beauty of this idea. Thank the you. Cat's by Preparation H. <laughs> I dream about the beauty of it, too. Like, you know, when, you, when you're driving home at night and there there's a... Oh, God, out- here it, no, here it here comes, comes again. Let's just, let's just move on. It's obvious that this guy's pretty sharp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. So NHRL, NHRL's bot escort, Thomas Carl, wants to know... 
who is banned from coming on your show? <laughs> who has been banned from other podcasts? Note, we get similar questions from Stephanie Spooner. Why does everybody want to know this? <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, interesting. I think I, I think I threw it out there as like one of the like kind of seeding questions. Um, is there anybody who's banned on coming on the show currently? Yeah, well, yeah, I, he's banned. Um, Reptide Captain Ethan Kurtz. Uh, yes. So, yeah, sorry, Ethan. Um, yeah, you can't come on the show. Um, and I don't. I, I. I. I'm. I'm curious if our if our compatriots, you know, and uh, outside of the box, Robocast, etc., would uh, would have him on. But uh, yeah, you know, we can I'm speculate. Sure they would not. We could. We can speculate. I will tell you. I mean, not to throw too much shade, because uh, this is obviously a very privileged position. But uh, there are probably five or six other much, much smaller, much lesser BattleBots podcasts, and I don't know. Maybe they're hungry for for guests. So uh, yeah, and like fifteen bigger out. ones. <laughs> are there? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's nothing bigger. There, so then. My- Follow up question to that: As is, has he tried to get on? I know there's some some history between you and. <laughs> oh boy! Has, has all right, asked? all right. So, you asked? so you open the door. I'm kicking. I it don't in. think we've ever had anyone ask to get on, and we've said no. Um. Okay. Well, I mean, like with with the Kurtzes specifically, I don't know. Whatever. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Um. But well, I don't know. A year ago, when the whole like autism lollipop thing was coming out, um, I reached out to Riptide to say like, "Hey, do you guys want to have a comment or whatever?" We're thinking about doing a story about Stan, and uh, Stan ended up. <clears throat> he sent me this really weird text. He's like, "Can I call you right now? What's your phone number?" Right, and um, he like semi threatened me, uh, basically saying like. Hey, I'm really good friends with Austin McCord, and boy, wouldn't it be terrible if Austin found out that you're like harassing BattleBots captains about their past and stuff? And um, I was like, okay, a, you don't know Austin, and uh, b, <laughs> like, this is uh, just laughably like goonish behavior. So, yeah, the Kurtz in the penalty box for the next five years. All right, so you've already served two years. Maybe in three years, if your uh, behavior improves, you might get an invite. But uh, it's not right trending now. in that direction, though. <laughs> no. I honestly don't even know if it's as much that, like, um, Ethan is banned. Although, you know, maybe. But I, it's just definitely more of, a, you know, it's not cool, like, when you're threatened by a, a person that you're just, like, asking in earnest if they want to respond to a comment. So um, yeah. not not uh, not good behavior. Us as bald bros, we gotta we gotta stick together, Stan. All right, and you broke ranks, so there you go. <laughs> okay, so Mammoth team member Brandon Bennett Young, who runs Phenomenon, Phenomenon. at NHR. I would just like to point out that we just threw out autism lollipops with no context, and now we're moving on. Okay, yeah, just uh, leave that as a cliffhanger. We'll we'll circle back. There's uh, questions. <laughs> Are there really? Oh my god! Great. Uh, and I have to agree with what you guys were saying earlier. Brandon is a great guy. He's he's doing it right. Brandon's amazing. He goes, you know, he gets better every time. Uh, great, great kid, you know, and I kid in, you know, quotes. He's awesome young man. Great guy. Uh, what are some moments where you realized how important or how important it was to have the podcast? Like, 
what was that that moment that you're making a difference i don't know from my perspective it it wasn't necessarily like hey we're we're making a difference but like all the time you know there would be sometimes really heated discussion or debate about something that unfolded on on the show or in the community and there, at the time like 4 years ago there really wasn't a platform like to have open dialogue that wasn't just people spam hating each other like on Facebook or something. So mm. just kind of opening up the door for people to do like, you know, longer narrative context around something that had happened was was pretty awesome. And, you know, it's it's what, uh, you know, drove so many fantastic conversations. And I really kind of helped. I think it it's, uh, you know, it's 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 a way for the you know community to kind of apply a bandaid to itself. It's a place where like we've had really serious discussions like over four years about you know like pay about pay yeah absolutely fair treatment um, you know about behaviors of of some builders in some parts of the community and we've had frank discussions about like we always celebrate the fandom we ce- celebrate the fans but sometimes we have to you know, uh, almost take the stick to that, that underbelly that have just really toxic personality traits. And we have to talk about it, uh, because it's just, it's, it's not the best way to, to have dialogue. It doesn't matter if you're hiding behind a message board or, or wherever, if you're in person, you know, just lending voices to that, I think was, was, was a big help for, you know, the entire community. Gotcha. Anybody else? One one thing, uh, it happened at this Norwalk, and it's it's happened at most NHRLs that I can recall, um, where we'll talk to a new builder who this is their first time competing, and we'll be like, how, how did you hear about it? Like, how, how did you come to, you know, be at Havoc today? And they'll say, uh, by listening to your podcast, I learned about NHRL and it inspired me to build. And like it happened this weekend with uh, the builder of Money Shot and he came all the way from Boston or from uh, Massachusetts. And I don't know, that's like really a great feeling that um, like, you know, we're able to inform, you know, the community of like the opportunities that are out there. And um, then they take those opportunities and make it their own. Yep. Yeah. And I, I feel like uh, we can, with some credibility, also claim Tom Farkas. Um, Tom Farkas, fan <laughs> of the podcast, started coming to NHRL. Now he is rookie of the year and builds delightful robots and is just such a just shining little ball of light and 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 like just joy. Um, really amazing addition in the pits. And everybody loves Tom. And um, you know, like Tom found us and you know, came and hung out with us and like i just love that when um uh i was driving the minibot with tom um and i was just like walking with him you know to the cages i felt like i was escorting or i was being escorted with the beatles like the the people screaming for tom and like like he has so many fans i feel like he is the number i'm so distracted right now because uh luke jackie is in the background watching the bachelor <laughs> <laughs> it's been a 10 minute cut scene of uh him taking a shower 
and now there's a monkey. And I'm like, how? Because she's hitting rewind. <laughs> Jacqueline, what are you doing? <laughs> Why does this man only shower? That's not a show. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like uh, like Tom is the star of NHRL, I'd, I'd have to say. Yeah. No, he's a great, great guy. He's a lot, a lot of fun. I've talked to him several times being at the events. Uh, a plus. Uh, moving on to one of our mystery questions. Do you, how do you part, how do your partners feel about robots? Do they like them? Are they sick of them? Chris and Lindsay are probably excluded from this question, sure. but do they wish you had a podcast? My wife finds the community fascinating. Um, she has, uh, like she's, oh, she enjoys BattleBots, the TV show sometimes. Um, she loves watching the stream, but has sensory issues that make her dislike the, uh, the cutscenes and, and all of the other, like, uh, kind of the, the, the cuts and the, the flashes and, and the graphics. It's all rather abrasive to her. Um, but she does enjoy the robot community. She likes hearing me talk about them and, um, likes to hear about the interviews and, and listens to the podcast. So I think my wife is all in all supportive of it and uh, likes what I'm doing and likes what we're doing here. Jackie is a fan of BattleBots, not a super fan, but a fan. Um, uh, like this year I got, I've been like slightly burnt out on BattleBots, the TV show. Like it kind of like goes in waves, you know, like there are times when I'm like super into it other times where I'm a little burnt out. Um, so like I'll often watch the episode on Friday on Discovery Plus, even though like I could watch it at 5 a.m., you know, Thursday. And I've this season I've been fast forwarding just until the fights, which is just like I became what I hated. You know what I mean? Like four years ago, people would be like, yeah, I don't I don't watch the intros. I don't watch the interviews. I just watch the fights. And it's a really <laughs> nice 20 minutes you know and i'm just like that is me now like i just fast forward to the fights i i think like part of it is because um uh we're so deep into the community and like we watch literally every single thing that happens in the community that like i haven't been surprised by an interview question or an answer on battlebots in like years yeah and um Oh God, we want to have Chris Rose on the show, but like no shade. Oh, okay. A little bit of shade for like Chris and Kenny. Um, their analysis just is like very shallow and it's fine. Ice road checkers need to like watch the show too, but it's like, I don't need to know like, Oh, you know, this is what a horizontal spinner does. It's like, okay, all right, come on. Like, give me something more. So like, I, I just fast forward, bringing it around to Jackie. Uh, she'll always say like, Hey, let's watch the full episode. So like, we'll, <clears throat> Um, I'll I'll watch it myself for 20 minutes, take notes. Then we'll go back on her insistence and watch the entire show because um, she just loves BattleBots and um, huge fan of NHRL. Watches the uh, watches the live stream with the baby. So um, yeah, big big fan of Combat Robotics, which is which is pretty cool. Cool. So we got a question for Kyle here from uh, Marissa St. John. Kyle. How did you get into combat robotics? What sparked your love for the sport? Oh, that's a really weird question. Uh, I have no idea. Um, no, wait. I remember now. I was in probably... So it would have been... I was in probably fourth or fifth grade. And I was at a summer camp for uh, smart kids. 
and um one of the teachers yeah. brought in humble brag uh i I don't know it was called college for kids that would have not been any better than me saying uh first market kyle Um, kyle i guarantee that every single one of those children got thrown into the trash can as soon as they went back to school in the fall okay that that's quite possible (laughs) quite possible um but i do remember one of the professors who was a really cool guy he um like did he built like a custom bubble machine and like we took it apart and put it back together and like we did a bunch of engineering projects with him he showed some footage um, of like the original uh, Robot Wars, San Francisco, like under the bridge stuff. Um, and I was absolutely blown away. Uh, I thought it was like so cool. Um, and then like the next summer when I went back, he showed some footage of like Spiny Norman in a fight. And like I found that fascinating. So then when that popped up on Comedy Central a few years later, um, I was like super interested and like watched every episode and, um, you know, I, I got into like the, the, uh, the kind of the rest of the community that existed after BattleBots went off the air, just as a fan, like, um, whatever live streams were available of robo games and stuff like that, YouTube videos of robo games that were available. Um, but I didn't like get this obsessed until I got, uh, an alert that there was going to be a show coming back on freaking ABC during prime time in like a normal day of the week. And I was like, what is happening in my life? This makes no sense. Um, so that's when I think that it all kicked into full gear and I was actually like learning all the builders names and learning the backgrounds of the sport and like kind of diving into it. It was a passing like just one of my hyperfixations before it became very much so a hyperfixation when that happened. Gotcha. She follows up with another question. Uh, does your beard hide your Florida man turkey waddle? She's a Florida Floridian herself. I, she can Florida man waddle is very much a thing. I do not have a Florida man turkey waddle. Um, there is footage of me during the pandemic when I had to wear a mask a lot and uh, you could see that I shaved and therefore don't have a turkey waddle. But uh, Marissa, Kyle has a very strong jawline. Okay, I do, I've seen it. I do. Um, chiseled, like ran it. I would not call it chiseled, but it is, it's, there's no waddle there. Uh, maybe one day. I, I hope I live long enough to get a waddle. I don't have one now. I love this question so much, Marissa. I, I love it. It's great. Yeah, can, and then she wants to know: Can you do your best turkey impersonation? Your best gobble? Um, no, my turkey impersonation's really bad, actually. Um, <laughs> that was really good, Chris. <laughs> uh, I have a. I literally have a. Yeah, I have to use a call too. I can't. I can't. Um, I cannot do it vocally. There are guys that can do it vocally. I. I am not one of them. Chad, our dog is freaking out now, by the way. He's <laughs> turkey. Oh, attack. Nelly the Elliebot captain, Sarah Malian. Malin, Malian has a Kyle question. Kyle, how much did how much did you enjoy participating in the Kraken Shanty? Uh, anytime Sarah asks me to sing on one of her spoof songs, I am always uh, down. I think it's hilarious um she's so funny and I, i'm always honored when she asks me to participate in her shenanigans very good we have some questions for luke now but first mystery question do you guys think that austin and kelly listen to your podcast do you have to love 
NHRL because of this? Uh, no, and uh, no. We we are we are open to criticizing NHRL. That is not in our contract that we cannot criticize NHRL. Um, and we have on the podcast a cast, but I also know I do not think Austin listens to us. Kelly might, maybe sometimes. Kelly does. She listens to us in the car. I didn't know yeah. that. That's awesome. Hi, Kelly. Um, but we're allowed to criticize NHRL. They, they are okay with it. It is, uh, it is. There's no rules against it. I'm gonna that's, say, that's I'm gonna say one of one of the key crucial parts of our uh, personality. I guess our public personality uh, with this podcast, with the stream, online, everything is that we have authenticity and that we say mm-hmm. what we're actually thinking of. And I think that that's what makes people, I don't know, tune in because they know that we're going to actually share what we actually think. So uh, I love NHRL. I'm not under duress and I'm not saying, you know, as I say that, um, I would love to work full time for NHRL. So mm-hmm. I am fully bought in. I have drank the Kool-Aid. I believe that it's going to be amazing. It's already amazing, but it's going to be even more amazing in the future, and I want to be a part of that. So, um, yeah, no, uh, NHRL is amazing. It's great, and uh, they are very hands-off when it comes to our content. Yeah, NHRL so, is the future of the sport, it, it, like bar none, period, the end. Um, we're going through uh, all of the growing, and growing means things get hard sometimes, and there are reasons to criticize during that process, uh, but that's how we get better. Um, and, yeah, I, I it, it is the, absolutely the direction everything is going. No hate for it at all. What is your favorite event other than NHRL? You know, I think battle, just exclude BattleBots too. What's your other small event? Um, my favorite event other than NHRL is Robot Ruckus in Orlando. Hmm. I think that it is like the most full featured and the most fan friendly. Like you walk in, you get to see famous builders there. You get to see their full battle bot. Um, it's really fun too, just for the kids. Cause there's so many other things to do at maker fair. And I really think like maker fairs are the perfect venue to host combat robot competitions at because people are pretty geeky there already. They're really interested in how a robot works and how, how to build a kind of meta design. The stands were just absolutely full. They brought heavyweights, which is amazing. Um, You know, um, Lilith Specs is great. Um, Mm -hmm. The, the pits were great. It was just really cool to just kind of see the Florida bot mafia in full swing. Um, it was it was pretty cool. So yeah, Orlando for sure. So you recognize that other events outside of NHRL do exist. <laughs> oh They're yeah, not as good, Chad. They're not as good, so, and I'll just say that. Um, and it's not their fault. Um, you know, like we are, we're we're the only combat robotics competition that has a budget and a full time staff <clears throat> outside of BattleBots, of course. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I honestly hope that there are five or 10 NHRLs. Like, I would love to see way more competition in the space. I'm hoping that NHRL can prove that this is a viable business model um, that has a lot of growth and has a lot of audience um, and has a lot of potential. And uh, competition's great. It just hasn't um, cropped up, at least in recent years. Yep. Good. I'm a big fan of the um, NERC 
uh, events, um, specifically the Franklin Institute event, mainly because it's like it's one day, it's fun, there's really great fights. And similarly, I go there with kids and it's at the Franklin Institute, which is the science museum. And you can take the kids around and do all kinds of other stuff uh, because, you know, you can't just sit in one place watching battles with them all day. Um, I love that event. It's just it's small. It's fun. It's uh, it's easy to absorb and, and get into. Um, so, yeah, that would be my my personal favorite outside of NHRL. Okay. So we got some questions for Luke here. Uh, Marissa St. John again. Luke, you mentioned on past live streams that Team Shred was building a Beetleweight. When will we get to see you driving in the arena? <laughs> I do have, I have a shredded clone. Um, it is now about a year old, I would say. So I have like a 2021, late 2021 model of a shredded clone. It works great. It is fast. It is scary. It is pristine. It is in the box. Um, I am really intimidated to drive it and I think I need to get over my own mental hurdles to doing so. I would say like the, <laughs> the reason why I am not cut out to be a competitor in this sport is that I hate spending money. Like I hate losing money <laughs> and um, I you're, just, you're in the wrong sport. It makes me, it makes me like it, it hurts. It like physically hurts to like, uh, consider that I will replace every part of the robot m multiple times a year, especially because I would probably get destroyed about 10 times before I even got good. So um, I mostly just take it out and I look at it and I marvel at it, but um, I do not compete with it, uh, so her, at least not yet. Her follow-up questions were, have you had a chance to practice as well as have you cracked the code to learning how to drive it when it comes to being upside down? <laughs> Uh, she has the same problem, and she's still trying to figure it out. So it sounds like you're just you're just you're horrified of it because it's it's uh it's moving money basically. <laughs> it's a money sink. Yeah, I I drove it. I made the mistake of putting it all together, driving it around um on our hardwood floors, and it just scratched the um crap out of the uh, the hardwood floors, and uh, so I was horrified there. I don't know, because that's more money. And uh, <laughs> and no, I have not mastered how to drive it uh, upside down, um, and I am just, I marvel at drivers when they can do it really well. Like, I feel like like Lars Elliott is a really good upside-down driver. Evan Arias, amazing upside-down driver. And um, yeah, I it bends my brain. I mean, even Kyle's a good upside-down driver. It's wild. Like, I think maybe I just... Maybe I got dropped on the head too much as a kid or something. Like, I just can't get it. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I need a lot more practice, I think, before I can do it. Just wait till, wait till your daughter turns about, you know, three or four and she wants to uh, ride scooters and stuff on your hardwood floor. Just uh, be ready for more. <laughs> <laughs> He's yes. right. Yeah, exactly. So Dark Side team member David Blakely, who's Chris's cousin, wants to know, is it true <laughs> that there's an up underground fan club for Luke called the Lukey Loos. <laughs> um, Dave, yes, it is true. And um, unfortunately, you, you talked about it, so you violated the first rule, and your membership is now revoked. Damn it. Okay, Lindsay, we got some questions for you coming up. But first, another mystery question. At this, oh, point, <clears throat> at this point, you guys have been around for several years and are a part of the dysfunctional robot family. As such, you have a good feel for things in general. What are some of <coughs> what have you seen as far as growth as it pertains to NHRL? 
And do you see any downside to this? Has, has there been any detriment to NHRL coming on the scene? Hmm. This is a specifically me one? No, it's for anybody. I One thing uh, that I really noticed um, yesterday, or no, two days ago, when uh, NHRL happened was like, the influx of younger people and not just like kid drivers, but also people bringing their kids to like work on their teams with them. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't been in the pits at other competitions for like, you know, years and years and years. So maybe it was always like that. Um, but definitely as far as NHRL goes, I feel like there's more kids every single time, both like, competing and also just being part of teams um and as a person who cares very much about um education and like accessibility of opportunities like i just think it's so incredible that parents are kind of like risking it a little bit to bring their kids to an event like this because of how good of an opportunity it is for them um uh, there are downsides to that too. I mean, kids are running around the pits, yeah. driving RC cars <laughs> like uh, in the aisles and kind of running amok. Um, and that's a dangerous place to do that. So uh, if you're a kid, <laughs> if you're a kid, watch out. And um, for <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. So you see, dodge, could, you, dodge, I... you guys have dodged the bullet of, uh, no negativity with NHRL. Smooth. I I could I I, I could take a crack at it. Oh. Like um, I think like the really amazing thing about NHRL is um, that you need a box. It's kind of like a chicken and the egg, and like a uh, a good arena is the chicken, and like you need to have a good box to build a community. And mm. the East Coast, especially the Northeast, was not a center of combat robotics excellence like i mean for the longest time we've seen um just west coast dominance um and that's because of robo games and obviously because battlebots is there it's just easier um and more accessible for people on the west coast to compete uh, in heavyweights and um we have seen just this east coast resurgence and a really strong community probably the strongest in-person community um today coming out of the East coast, lots of people making friends, um, sharing knowledge, like just a really fast evolution and, and iteration happening. And I think that, you know, we are going to see incredible East coast dominance in combat robotics for a very long time, um, which is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. The downside of course, is that we've grown too quickly <laughs> for our space. And, um, you know, when 217 robots show up to fight in a single day tournament, that is a lot for any organization. And for us, I mean, like, we're just scrambling to keep up with demand. And it's clear that we have maxed out the space um, that we currently have and that we need to expand beyond Connecticut. And um, so, like, that's, I think, the downside. Like, that growth is currently coming at um, the cost of, like, a really great smooth builder experience. I don't think anyone would, would dispute that at all. And we need to respond by opening up more locations and bringing more accessibility to, uh, 
to NHRL. So, uh, yeah, we're kind of like going through those growing pains right now, which is, you know, a little tough for people. But the kind of exciting thing is, you know, you're witnessing um, the birth of something really cool. So I can always say I was there in the original building, you know, back in the day when we only had 217 robots. Um, not like today when we have many thousands. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Very political of you, Luke. Very political. Uh, Lindsay, questions for you. You ready? You know it. Marissa St. John's says, the expert mouse-shaped mini-bot driver, Lindsay, I support tiny drones lighting up mountains over the large <laughs> wonders of the world and not, can, cannot wait to see that sight. I think it's a fantastic idea. So you have another one. Her question is, what do you do for work outside of robot outside of the robot combat world in between making your house super adorable and baking slash making broth? Do you have any hobbies other than renovating and cooking? <laughs> um, first of all, I'm very happy to have three people sol solidly in my camp. And uh, I expect to count all of you amongst my initial investors. Um and what do I do for work? I work at IBM. Um, I'm a content designer, which means I take um, very dense and sometimes boring technical information and I try to make it more accessible and engaging and usable for people. So whether that's making it a video or making it an interactive website or writing about it in a way that's not a 500 page <laughs> book of documentation. Um, and it's pretty cool. I'm not necessarily a technical person myself, as you've probably gathered um, after listening to this podcast for years. <laughs> um, so it's uh, I always feel like I'm um, in over my head and treading water, just trying to breathe, trying to understand uh, a lot of the technical concepts that I work with. But um, I'm actually it's pretty cool to see that I am able to take that and make it into something. So I don't know. It's cool. Um, IBM is a, a neat place to be, I guess. Outside of that, you, uh, you, you are getting ready to go headfirst into your first vivarium build. No, I'm going to go headfirst into my first paludarium build oh. because it's going to have water features. Zing! Information bomb. Maybe maybe Chad could tell us what that is, though. And then if there's a website that someone could go to yeah, right. to get like, the things that they need for said whatever it is. Like Nature Box Pet does not have an online store. Well, we, we do, but it just uh, it's not turned on. You can look at products, you just can't buy them. Bummer. Yeah, yeah. I've tried, I've tried. Um, I have too many hobbies, and therefore I uh, am proficient at none of them. But yeah, I want to build a paludarium. Um, and, uh, Chris got me a 3d pen for Christmas, which I've had a lot of fun with. Um, and, uh, I love to cook, but I guess you knew that already. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any time anymore to do anything. So I do everything, uh, 20%. Okay. So the next one is a, is a rapid fire for the all three, all four of you. If you were okay. in charge of NHRL, what three things would you change? Luke, go. Rapid fire. 
Uh, I would change the competition format. That's one. Oh, wait, three things. Oh, God. Okay, uh, change the competition formats. I would take the um, competition on the road, and I would build out a network of 100 NHRL-sanctioned events around the country. Kyle, go! Um, yeah, that's exactly right. I would create a a like uh, export kit for NHRL so you could put NHRL events all over the country. Um, hey, buy this kit and it'll come to your event and you can hold it there and it'll be great and it'll be official and sanctioned and fun. Um, I would also make tweaks to the to the actual format uh, at our our title event. Um, and they are very similar to Luke's, but also because Luke has been pounding these into all of our heads for the past uh, like month. <laughs> Uh, and then the other thing that I would change is um, more Tommy Wong at our events because Tommy Wong mm-hmm. is a wonderful human being and he's not there enough and I would love to see him. Clyde Magnuson, go. I would start putting uh, more better garbage into garbage. Uh, <laughs> no, I would um, I would. I would release a bare bones product line uh, <coughs> and, you know, uh, tools and accessories for people new to the sport and then couple that with uh, the guidance and overall educational platform to get people that are absolutely brand new uh, to uh, robotics um, to, uh, to be able to pick up from, you know, step zero and become novices because that is ultimately how you will grow a, a great builder base uh, and, and far reaching builder base. Uh, and then also I would look at making additional content streams outside of cut downs from the uh, competition format mm. and roll those out across our socials as fun, new, engaging ways to look at the sport. Lindsay, go. Uh, being a- in design, one thing that I'm really passionate about is user research and really understanding user need. So something that I've been obsessed with thinking about lately is doing um, like a, a large research research initiative where I interview um, new builders and people who are thinking about becoming builders about their process for how they learn about, you know, actually building what resources they use, where they find them, how they use them, where the gaps are so that we could have a, a research based like plan to address the gaps in the market. Um, and, and kind of create some of those resources so people can have an easier time, uh, becoming builders. Um, I think what that would, I guess for the second thing, it would be um, building like a larger either curriculum or a library of online resources, videos, whatnot, to teach people how to get started, because I think it's just a wild, wild west out there right now. Um, And then three, I would want to find ways to bring this um, in an educational capacity to schools either as after school programs, within school curriculums, um, summer camps, anything like that, um, and keeping the focus on making it accessible so that the widest population possible can um, kind of jump in and feel like they have the confidence and the know-how just to get started. All four of you are hired. I'm not sure if they're hiring, but if they are, you're hired. <laughs> okay, Chris, we got some questions for you. Blood Sport team member Curtis Honeycutt says chris who would win an mtv celebrity death match style 
claymation tag team match between the Behind the Bots crew and the RoboCast team. <laughs> Let's get it on. Uh, the fans. The fans would clearly win <laughs> that matchup. Okay. Marissa St. John wants to know, uh, Chris, I have watched every single NHRL live stream from the middle of 2020 onward multiple times. And I've watched every new live stream that I tune into. Chris, you are a, you are an amazing stinking man. Thank you, shrinking man. Aww. Oh, that, that was a <laughs> statement and not a question, and uh, that warms my heart. Yes. Uh, first, thank con- thank you. Congratulations! So he says, first, congratulations. It's been so amazing to watch your journey, even though it's not talked about. As someone who struggles with their health, weight body image and self-love i am so proud of you i realize that you have no idea who uh, <coughs> who i am but just know that it's so inspired that it is so inspiring and has helped me recognize my goals and my whole and and my own health are not impossible realize that my own goals and health are not impossible wow <laughs> good good for you marissa good for you chris that's awesome you're inspiring that's yeah. I I I, I, I that just makes me want to crumble. Thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. Uh, it's been a long journey. It's been a rough road, but uh, yeah, I had some health challenges and I had a couple of dicey moments, and I am I am back on top of the world, and I am uh, with my friends, and I'm in a sport that I love, and I am truly blessed. And the fact that people out there, uh, you know, love and support me and, and maybe I've never even met them. That's just, it's, it's something that I could never even ask for. It's just, it's, it's everything to me. Thank you. You're awesome, Marissa. Yes. And she follows up with secondly, watching your journey with dark side has helped me realize that even though I have no idea how to build a tiny combat robot, it is possible. So I guess I don't have a question. I just wanted to tell you, thank you. Aww. Awesome. Do it. Pick up some pick up some garbage. Take apart an alarm clock. I don't you know, just just have fun. Like you don't have to win a giant dumpster. You can just go uh slap some things together and if you can get it to do a donut in your driveway, I I guarantee you you like a feeling will wash over you of just absolutely incredible pride. I, I'm not sure yet because I can't even get dark side to do a donut in my driveway. So, uh, it, it, it'll happen though. I, I believe in you. Awesome. Uh, let's go to a mystery question. What are your guys's quick feelings on double elimination and registration caps? oh there's no quick feelings about this there's so many big feelings that take lots of time um listen i think i think double elimination is a good idea up to a certain amount of robots i think past a certain amount of robots it's not doable without registration caps i don't personally see a problem with registration caps um i think that they're fine especially if you give like top ranked robots uh a like you know pass in it like first right of first refusal if you will um that way you're not like you know missing links because uh calvin was too busy that night to log in or whatever um but other uh, without registration caps double elimination is is not sustainable 
for very much longer. Clearly. Um, Kyle, you sweet summer child, you're so wrong. Uh, registration caps are terrible because they are they reduce accessibility um, and just create this horrible Motorama esque like kind of scramble within the first sixty seconds to snap up every single um, spot and uh, you know take away spots from kids and all of that. I think that the BattleBots way of doing it, like going through a selection committee, is similarly awful. Um, so I, I don't think that's great. Um, I do love the idea of 400 robots showing up and us just building the systems necessary to handle that traffic efficiently. Right now, we are understaffed and under-systemed to do that really well right now at NHRL. Um, but it's possible to build those systems with the right resources and I think that we can easily handle 400 or 500 robots if we have the right size facility. Um, and in terms of single elimination versus double elimination, that kind of falls under my general thoughts about competition format. I think there's a way that we can build a competition format that is really fun and engaging and open to everybody. And that also is efficient. So um, I, I, I like single elimination, um, but I think it needs to come with some other changes to make it really great. Mm. Yep. Chris Lindsay, any thoughts? I I prefer double elimination. Um but obviously it's not feasible with how many robots we get. And I too, Luke, don't think that registration caps are the answer. I think in a perfect world, uh we have a lot more events all over the country and that kind of evens out registration um and gives people more access, more opportunities to go and i would love if those were double elimination tournaments but i don't know that we're ever going back to that um but that's just what i would like to see but there's there's other ways to do it without double elim where people still get a good amount of fights i do i do think freestyle has a lot a lot of potential Mm -hmm. um so i'm excited to see how that gets built out no one ever talks about my idea uh no signups no registration caps nothing Everyone just shows up on site at NHRL, and then at exactly 7 a.m., they open the doors. First 120 people through the doors get to compete. Yeah, <laughs> your idea is like this lovely mix of uh, like um, Black Friday and like old world uh, Kumites, like from Bloodsport, the movie, not the combat robot. All right. 500 bot- bots start the day in the 165 <laughs> water lot parking lot. Rumble style, the last 60 still moving get to go inside to the tournament. Yeah, and there's no there's no cages outside, by the way. So if you go to the hospital, you're not competing. That's on you. Gotta you got to operate it from your car. Okay. <laughs> Kevin, who runs IDK, WTF, ID, at NHRL, wants to know, uh, wants to know, and this is for everybody, sorry, scrolling, scrolling, what is your favorite NHRL moment? Ooh. Depth charge versus 11 beetles. Classic. <laughs> it's the one, one that I'll always click on when it's suggested in my, my YouTube feed. Do you watch the ad or do you skip the ad? Oh, oh, Chad. Chad, we uh, we are YouTube premium members. I haven't seen an ad in about four years. Luke, you Chad. are a fancy wow. boy. Wow. That's bougie. Wow. Anybody else? 
Uh, I would say that my favorite moment was uh, that first time we actually got a Silent Spring versus Lynx fight when they were both fully functional, fully working, and um, you know had our questions answered finally. Which, by the way, the answer is uh, Lynx. But it was an amazing moment for me. I mean, because that had been building for literally years and through a pandemic and all that. Um, can I share two that aren't fight related? <laughs> Please. Um, the first is uh, one of the very first times that we ever went to NHRL and we obviously were just spectators. It was back in the 50 Day Street days. Um, and we went with uh, Chris's cousins, the ones who are with him on um, Dark Side. So Johnny and Jackson. And uh, Jackson was young at the time. I don't know, nine or so, mm. nine, ten obsessed with battle bots and back then the pits if you can call them that were just like 15 tables in the hallway directly connected to the one cage that they had so there was no separation between audience and the pits um and really there was only like one tiny set of bleachers like there wasn't really an audience expectation at that time that even people <laughs> would really come to watch um so we went and Jackson was just his eyes lit up because his two heroes, Jameson Go and Jonathan Schultz, were there. And Jackson has always had like a confidence about him that he can just like go right up to anyone and start selling them something or <laughs> just talking to them. And he was at that age where it was like still precocious enough to kind of be cute. And um, he went up to Jameson and uh was like asking uh if he could buy parts from him like used broken parts <laughs> well he did that to jonathan schultz at motorama oh is that what i'm thinking of? well he probably did both yeah i remember i remember that <laughs> um and he just marched right up and started asking for um for these parts and i thought it was you know hilarious because here i was I, we didn't even have a podcast yet I was too nervous, too embarrassed, whatever, to, you know, talk to Jonathan, talk to Jameson. I'm still too scared to talk to them. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was really funny. And then um, the second one uh, was, so Chris has been saying for years and years and years um, that, like, uh, again, ever before we had a podcast, that his goal in life is to hug Marco Antonio Mejilaro. Because he just thought like Marco would give the best hugs. Case closed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just always a topic of a conversation is like how good of a hug Marco probably gives. And so um, uh, we roll up to uh, the NHRL parking lot uh, and it was the first event Marco had been to. And he was coming out of his car, just like going about his business by himself. And Chris was like, should I do it? Should I do it? it uh, will, will he think I'm weird? And I'm like, Chris, now is your time. So we, it was like the summertime. It was really hot out. And um, Chris went up to Mark. I was like, oh my God, we're so happy to have you here. Could I get a hug? <laughs> if you want to learn more about it, it's a long story, but if you want to learn more about it, you can just listen to the, uh, the daily uh, police blogs that day. Uh, <laughs> they go into a lot of depth. Yeah, Marco, he was very gracious, very kind, um, and he, of course, extended a hug, and I saw them hug, and I uh, was just, 
I was so happy for Chris. It, was there it, was there any like you know long reach around squeezing happening, or was it you know fairly innocuous? I tried to give them privacy. I didn't want to, uh, you know, that's, like, that's really sweet of you. <laughs> Chris, anything? Never asks uh, Brazilian never tells. <laughs> you have a Chris, favorite NHRL, NHRL moment, Chris? Yeah, I think um, it, it, mine also goes back to the 50 day era. I am, um, you know, with the uh, when 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 Jonathan brought huge to. Uh, battle bots and you know just kind of attacked the uh, the meta design and i was so absolutely blown away by you know these massive uhmw wheels and you know i, I had seen that like in a couple of fights the outer rim had gotten ensnared so i just was like you know what i'm i, I don't know if these people are accessible or not and i just reached out to them on facebook and i had done a little design file in adobe illustrator that had a a wheel uh, that had spokes on the outside of a rim. Uh, so it essentially acted like some kind of like tumbly walkie wheel. And, you know, the idea would be that if a horizontal clipped one of the spokes, you could shear a spoke without destroying the, the wheel. And lo and behold, uh, you know, Jonathan and, and Team Huge actually replied to me on Facebook. And they're like, hey, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, and I was just so floored that, uh, they would even reply to me at the time uh, that 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 like I became like twice as big of a fan, even though I felt like I was already a mega fan. And the, the real uh, story culminates here, where again we went back to fifty day, and uh, you know we're just there when it's like twenty or thirty people hanging out in a, in a room around one single box, and I'm there just stuffing my face with free Dunkin' Donuts, and all of a sudden <laughs> like I get a tap on the shoulder and it's Jonathan Schultz and Jonathan Schultz is standing next to me and he holds up a small UHMW wheel with spokes on the outside of a solid rim. And, uh, that was what did it for me. The hook was so deeply set that there was no way that a podcast was not going to be born. Uh, and you know, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just so grateful that the builders and the community are so accessible and, it's it's they're they're right now the lifeline that are, that are pulling people into the sport. That's awesome. Good answers, guys. Luke, we got a mystery question for you specifically. Luke, okay. How do you get your head to be so shiny? And when did you lose your hair? <laughs> um. <clears throat> oh, that's an interesting question. I don't think I've ever talked about this before. So, <clears throat> um, I lost uh a ton of hair in my first job. It was very stressful. And um, I lost most of it like over a three month period, just a horrific three month period. I would, hold, um, hold on, I would hold go on. into so the shower. Wait, you're saying that, you know, in January you had a full head of hair and then by April, yes. you know, you're a cue ball. Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> okay. So my, my first job, like, well, so I was, I was in college and uh, studying journalism. And so I was working as a crime and courts reporter at a local daily newspaper out in California. And I was just going to murder scenes, like basically every week and uh, going to fatal car accidents. I went to a, went to a train suicide, just like awful, awful. And, um, I had this uh, semi-mental um, breakdown, and um, every day that I would go into the shower to take the shower, like shower, like my hair was just coming out in like 
tufts, you know? And I would just sit there in the shower and I would just like look at my hands and I just like count all of the the hair. And it was just, it was like, it was wild. And um, so I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is awful. I gotta, I gotta shave it. And um, so uh, I started shaving at like 20 and uh, yeah, it's never grown back, which was terrible. I used to actually have like a really big hairstyle. Like in high school, uh, I had huge <laughs> hair and um, used hair gel and everything. And I um, uh, was actually quite proud of my hair. But um, yeah, no, it's it's been, uh, I've been bald since uh, since 20. So And here I was expecting more pattern baldness and there was a much more serious answer to that. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and why am I shiny all the time? It's because I, I, uh, I'm just sweaty and gross all the time. So uh, <laughs> it's more like a sheen. You know, I just, I just move through the worlds like, a, like a bridge troll. So uh, sorry. Um, I, I will uh, refute that by saying uh, Luke smells delightful. Um, if you're ever in his presence, he's a delightful smelling man. So uh, he is not gross, uh, but he is shiny. He's a fancy boy. <laughs> Okay, so maybe everybody take one of these. Pete Covert from uh, Team Copperhead, an, an all-around great guy, teammate of mine, genius. He's uh, he's just really, really smart, really good guy. Uh, he has five questions. Everybody pick one. I'll rapid-fire them to you. Any tips for making it through the 12-hour-plus uh, streaming sessions? Yes. Eat salty foods. Uh don't uh, drink like hydrate make sure you actually hydrate but eat salty foods and um caffeine is not your friend until like six o'clock p.m how do bathroom breaks work they used to not we used to not use the bathroom at all uh like the first time luke and i did it literally we didn't use the bathroom the entire day that was like for what three events or so um but now we were so afraid of austin at the time well, we were we were, we were very intimidated. We were so scared. Austin, would, Austin but, didn't even feed us. Like it got to the point where people were like sending us food on the stream. And, yep. Shout um, out Mary Catherine Carr. Thank you, Mary, Mary Catherine Carr. I will never forget your kindness um, in our time of need. And um, like we 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 had one event where we we door dashed our own food there, and uh, I almost killed myself through food poisoning with hot poke. Ah, uh, the hot and, poke um, story. Yes. <laughs> And, um, yeah. And then, and like at, at the time too, oh my God, I'm, I'm just throwing Austin under the bus here, but this actually happened. He didn't put us up in a hotel either. So we would drive back home at night. And, um, so like we would be driving back like two o'clock in the morning, absolutely zonked, like listening to, like, I could hear phantom techno music in my ears. Cause like the, the audio <laughs> mix was so high in our, in our headphones that like, yeah, I was just hearing, hearing like, um, copyright free techno like literally the entire drive home and i'm just like slapping myself in the car to like stay awake got the uh the windows down and um we still kept coming back <laughs> but we started insisting like oh yeah 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 you gotta feed us and uh, we gotta go we gotta take bathroom breaks and you gotta put us up overnight so um it's gotten better so um, but yeah at the time it was it was it was pretty punk rock in, in the beginning it wasn't yes. until I came along that I instituted the food bucket and the bathroom bucket under the desk. Yeah. Like, don't, don't drink <laughs> the, the apple juice. But Luke, Luke kept getting them mixed up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's true. Uh, the, the food bucket just has like chili in it, and uh, the uh, the bathroom bucket also has chili. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and don't oh, the apple oh good. All right. So Pete wants to know how much caffeine is involved. Apparently, not until six, but past that, are we? You know, you guys like pounding the rock stars or what? I had three uh, energy drinks at this last event, but uh, this was a unique one because I had been kept up stupid late by college kids in the hotel the night before the event. Um, yeah. that normally, I might have an energy drink or two. Okay. They were racing up and down the hallway at midnight, and uh, yeah, we we happened to be next to them. Um, kids. But I actually, I don't, I don't drink caffeine at all. I just am naturally peppy at all times. Wow. You've had Red Bulls at those things. What are you talking about? A Red Bull has never passed through these lips, okay? My body is a temple, Kyle. You've offered me Red Bulls before. <laughs> a sweaty temple. I have, I have an image. Yes, that's right. <laughs> sweaty yeah. Red Bull covered in chili. <laughs> Fancy boy. Um, what do you guys feel makes bots stand out to the fans and announcers? What's, what's something that you guys key in on that, that just makes uh, people stand out or robots for that matter. Eyes, eyes are the window to the soul. Robots with eyes do better than robots without eyes. It's true. Gotcha. So everybody needs googly eyes or some sort of printed ojo ball on their robot. Yes. Yeah, and unique designs. I mean, like, I will put over a Tom Farkas walkie bot or, uh, like, any day of the week, right? Like, it's it's just so much fun. Um, if you come with a, you know, unpainted white, either UHMW or whatever, plastic robot with a gold spinner uh, bar on it, you better win every fight, or I don't care that you look like Shredder Bro and aren't as good as Evan Arias is driving um it's there's definitely like that whole thing we've had builders be like hey i won like three out of my four fights how come you didn't put me over and it's like because your bot's boring bro um that's happened like for sure um there is also people who have bots that you know don't win fights ever and they're super duper interesting and they're really fun and the builders are really fun and we'll we'll talk about them all day um so yeah it is uh it is a formula that you have to like so what i'm hearing is that even if you have a you know maybe a competitive perhaps boring looking robot you need to you need to jazz it up a little bit yeah this is a this is like not just a sport it is a performance like you are you're putting on a show like you are there to be entertaining and um you know the teams that have the matching like uh uniforms the teams that have a theme that they stick to and commit to those are like I love those teams. You know what I mean? They're so much fun and um, you want them to succeed. You want them to win. And you're definitely going to talk about them on the live stream. Okay. So we're halfway done with the questions. Uh, maybe, maybe not that, maybe a little further, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> we're here we, we're, and we're going. If you were trapped on a desert Island, who would live the longest and why? Chris. <laughs> Kyle, uh, hands down, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle has the, strangest set of relevant skills i've ever seen of of any human person um we were we were uh we were sitting on the desk and chris comes over and he's like yeah okay i'm I'm ready to, to replace you right he's like yeah my my cousins they're like they're really struggling with getting the leds working inside of uh dark side 
And Kyle goes, I know how to do that. And uh, we're like, how do you how do you know how to do that? Like, just Kyle, I hear a lot of, yeah, I, I could do that from Kyle. And uh, it's pretty amazing. So I have no doubt that if we were stranded on a deserted island, he'd, he'd be living in a bamboo castle pretty soon and catching <laughs> fish through ancient uh, fish traps and um, just thriving, I think, you know. Also, you know, you're probably the mentally healthiest out, out of the four of us. You know, so like I, I within within two or three days, I, I will have just complete completely just broken from reality. You know, I'll convince myself I'm a fish or something, you know, just being swept out by the by the tides or something, you know, so. I'm going to yeah. say Chris, because uh, especially lately, I've seen an influx in let's call um it like doomsday prepper material being shipped to our home. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't know about this. What are you getting, Chris? Uh, he got that like Merck uh field guide of all the different medicines that there are. Um, Chris, Chris, and- are you okay? <laughs> Listen, this ISVB crashed, and Chris oh. was like, "I got plans, bro. I got to figure some stuff out." So. You've just noticed that there's an influx of things, but that doesn't mean they had just started coming. <laughs> we do have like a lot of books on homesteading. Oh yeah, gardening is one of my big uh, interests and hobbies. Um, but uh, we have several books on homesteading, and Chris is also just like the most resourceful person I've ever met. Um, so I feel like within one and a half days there would already be like a full shelter. Um, he watches a lot of primitive technology, so he knows how to like turn water from the stream into like uh, smelted iron or whatever. Um, <laughs> bacterial iron, yeah, it's a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> so, so it'll be um, a, yeah. it'll be a show does... off between Kyle and Chris in the end. Lindsay and, and Luke, sorry, you, you guys are out. If if uh if we if we if the world ended, uh, I would survive by uh dancing seductively on some kind of stage that I'm chained to. Okay, like I yeah exactly. Don't don't give NHRL any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> this is havoc after dark. Oh my! <laughs> Alex Pick, who runs Zane at NHRL wants to know what is it like to desk at NHRL what nightmarish robot is Chris working on in the basement and where is Clyde and was he a shared fever dream uh, so first of all the only one who can answer what Chris is working on in the basement is Chris Lindsay doesn't go down there anymore she avoids it um, so yeah, I don't know uh, what is it like to work at the desk it depends. Uh, it's a choose-your-own-adventure game. If you don't, um, if you don't have want to have a good time, you're not going to have a good time. If you just say, "Eh, it is what it is," and have a good time, it's going to be a good time. I I find working on the desk um, this incredible mental exercise where you have to mm-hmm. maintain complete focus at all times. I never ever experience this kind of focus anywhere else in life. Like I'm always thinking about two or three things, doing two or three things. Like I'm on my phone with my laptop in my you know lap and watching TV at the same time, which is just 
terrible, right? Um, but like at NHRL, hours will pass before I realize like, oh, I haven't looked at my phone at all. Like obviously you can't, right? When you have complete and utter focus because anything can happen in the box and you have to be able to react appropriately to it, which is the kind of like nerve wracking thing about being on the desk where it's like, I'll give you a great example. Oh my God, Alex, your own example. Um, Fallout versus Zane. We were early in the day. It remains one of my favorite fights of all time. We were like setting up like kind of the stakes, talking a little bit about Fallout, talking a little bit about Zane. Zane's kind of like this droopy-esque, you know, double horizontal. And I was not expecting uh, an insane fight. I thought it was going to be interesting and destructive, but box rush right out of the box. Matt Lantry crosses the box and explodes Zane within like a second and a half. Both weapons are on the, 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 the floor. And it was like, we had to go from zero to a hundred within like two seconds. And like, you have to have complete focus and like just the ability to take it there when you need to. Um, and that can happen at any second. Like, any any match has the ability to become like the most exciting match I've, you know, you've you've ever seen. So uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of what it's like. Okay, Chris, I love the robot that you're working on in the basement. You got to tell the people about it. Oh well, I, I mean, I actually I have a talking like animatronic version of Austin that I've been working on for the live stream, (laughs) but it's been, uh, you know, we got to make sure that we keep NHRL weird so that there's eventually a place for it when there's a a place for it. Um, Going back to your point, Luke, uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't maybe realize is is the, um, just this cacophony of stimuli that's happening when you're at the desk. Like, you obviously have bright lights in your face. You have your own like monitors pointing back at you. You have two cages to your left, two cages to your right. You have a hundred to 150 people sitting directly in front of you. You yep. have, uh, you know, producers, camera people all circling around you. There's explosions happening in one box. There's people cleaning out another box, people shouting in another corner. And then production's head- talking in your ear. Yeah. You the whole time. On, right. Where people are issuing like, you know, updates about the production, this is happening, that's happening, you know, we need you to, you know, get ready for, um, you know, an ad spot coming up here. So at any given time, you have like 40, like inputs, and yet you're having a conversation with someone that you're sitting beside. And that is not easy. And it is, uh, it is a challenge. And on top of that, it's like, there's so it's so important to have energy. And, you know, and, and just, like really palpable uh, camaraderie with with the person that you have at the desk beside you, uh, because people pick up on it when uh, when it's not there. Um, as yep. far as robots go in my basement, yeah. So uh, talking Austin Bot, uh, who is a, a delight and very cool, uh, and you know I have uh, Dark Side is still in many pieces. Uh, there has been some some new things that have come together for alter from alternate side, but there is a third bot now in the works that is going to be the third installment of the side family. Uh, and the only thing I'll drop right now is its name. It's B-Side. <laughs> okay. So we got a uh, mystery question, anonymous question here. Luke and Chris, as my favorite announcers at NHRL, you've been a little absent as of late. 
Where have you been? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Luke, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Um, I, I'll keep it short. Um, um, <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, God, I'm making it awkward. All right. Um, so, yeah, in January, um, um, NHRL uh, volunteered us as uh, producers, uh, field producers on This Is Havoc because they thought that we could help identify great stories in the pits. Um, they thought that we are better, uh, more useful up there than on the desk. Um, and uh, um, I'm a little sad about that, but that's okay. That's, um, we gotta, we gotta, we don't, we don't run the show and we gotta kind of just do what's, what's best for the, for the show. We did capture you know, at the last event, some really great stories, uh, up there in the pits, you know, we, uh, we, we really got to dive in deep with a couple of really fun and weird bots and a couple of, of teams that, uh, really had a, a fantastic relationship and build ethos like the Northwestern team and, you know, you know, getting to see, um, uh, noob tube up close and getting to know that family. That was absolutely spectacular. Uh, and you know, I really, I really do like these opportunities to go and and meet people and open up those stories because it's it's the these these separate uh, these separate videos that we create are are maybe better vehicles than a super long and complex tournament to get new people into the sport. Uh, but you know, maybe there's opportunity in the future for us to to figure out how to juggle both because you know it's it's. It's it's a lot of fun and it's very rewarding to be at the desk. I think Luke and I bring a, a different type of energy that is um, uh, sometimes uh, think about things like a DJ. You're a DJ, right? If a DJ played 100% full blast hits, like everyone would die on the <laughs> dance floor. Right. So it's like you can't have like a, a hype man up there or two hype men up there for too long because like people will just get worn out. You need, you need like, we have this incredible team that mm -hmm. understands everything from the, uh, like the heart and soul of the community. That's, I think that's something that like Lindsay has her hands in that Kyle has his hands in that Luke has his hands in, you know, you have the technical analysis, Ricky, Sam, you know, Kyle, Luke, like is a Rolodex of everything that you should know about the community and what's happening across like the combat robotic scene worldwide. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, then there's me who I just, I scream when there's fire and I scream really loud and funny. Uh, and, you know, I think I can, I can recognize when uh, there's a fire and it's a speed controller versus a battery versus, you know, uh, a drive system that's gone down. It's, you know, we, we should be doing a round robin that, uh, is dictated by what the stream needs during that next window. Uh, is it time to pick things up? Are we getting close to a point where we're giving away something big? Uh, do we have a couple of matches coming up that are going to need a ton of energy? Like, and you know, to to also pull in those other area of expertise that we're we're throwing at the desk to also go up into the pits and find those incredible stories, but mm -hmm. go into those stories with what their expertise is, you know, that's, 
that's that's a, that's a that's a huge opportunity that's being missed uh, from you know it. But right now, it's just it's it's all about growth, and it's really really hard to to hit every nail. It's just it's almost impossible. We we you know we uh, we're getting there. Um, it's just going to take more time, and it's going to take more pre production. I- all right, so a less a less serious question from Steve Dufort. <laughs> Clyde Magnuson, is he more of a man or a myth? Um we met him before, so he's he's not a myth. Uh, he's a human man. He's a he's a human man. He yeah. is all man. I'll say that. <laughs> he he's the he most virile man I've all ever man met. All man all the time. <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of Clyde, we've got a question from Copperhead team member Jonathan Clark, who runs Billy. Do Lindsay, Luke, and Kyle also have alter egos? If so, if so who are they? Lindsay's face perked up. You must have an alter ego, Lindsay. <laughs> maybe, maybe in the bedroom. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Lindsay has many alter egos, but here's the thing. I've made all of them. <laughs> <laughs> because i am i am i am certifiably uh insane uh and so depending on the moment a different persona of Lindsay's comes out but it's not her it's me doing it while i'm driving and she's sitting in the passenger seat so if she comments that something is like oh wow look at that rainbow with the leaves falling i'll go oh my god look at that rainbow with the it's so cool. <laughs> and which is supposed to be me as a child. Like he's channeling my inner child's voice and he's pretty spot on. <laughs> or like when she's, she's yeah, baking I, I me something delicious. And uh, rather than saying, Lindsay, I love you. And I appreciate you that you're baking me something delicious. And she puts an eggshell down on top of a cookbook. I'll just go, well, I think that eggshell must go on cookbooks now. <laughs> yeah and that's that that that's That's not some of them yeah kyle kyle you you look so uncomfortable with this question (laughs) um i do have an alter ego oh my god yes what okay uh so there is a there is a group on the internet called the council of kyles oh boy oh my goodness and the, oh there God. was a while where, where I was their leader. Uh, I am not anymore. I have been taken away from the throne. Um, but on on in the Council of Kyles, I uh, do play. Um, I guess you could say like a a professional wrestling heel, a villain character, um, and I thoroughly enjoy playing that character. It's one of my favorite things to do. So that would be my alter ego. But that's still Kyle. It is just uh, the worst person in the room version of me. The thing I love about Kyle on Facebook is every once in a while in our group chat, um, a different Kyle will show up. And I realize that Kyle has been put into Facebook jail for some infraction. Okay. Your life Correct. is so, your life is so mysterious, Kyle. Like I just, <laughs> I, I, I have to assume that the council of Kyle's is some kind of like Russian psyop to like, uh, you know, funnel, funnel Florida Kyle's into the proud boys or something. But um <laughs> You know who knows because I'm I I I don't have a a Kyle uh you know um avatar on Facebook so I can't join so uh, I don't know maybe I should get on that. <laughs> In terms, what's your what's your alter ego? Group? Um. Oh. Okay. Good. Um. 
<laughs> my alter ego is actually um, the uh, the Luke, the giant furry, the Luke delightful that, panda, the the Luke that <laughs> the uh, the Luke that presents itself to all of you. Um, yeah. My true personality is uh, quite a bit darker, and uh, every once in a while, I'll just break it out a little bit for Jackie, you know, and I'll just say things like, uh, "Hey, did you know?" Um, I, uh, I'm married with three other kids, and um, my name isn't Luke at all. And uh, they, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> my, fam- my family, uh, my family lives in Fishkill, and they have no idea where I am because I faked my own death. Actually, and, Luke's, uh, Luke's real alter ego is he'll go around as a man that is. Uh, not allergic to shellfish and not lactose intolerant. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, which is a which is a great segue into the next question, specifically for you. Luke. Okay. On average, how many hours a week do you watch Ice Road Truckers? <laughs> and when you sleep, do you breathe through your mouth or your nose? Oh. <laughs> I. I watch zero hours of Ice Road Truckers every week. It could be a really cerebral show, and I'm just maligning it, you know? Um, I should probably check it out at least once. I just think, like, the name is really funny because, like, how idiotic are people where they're like, I want to watch a trucking show, except it happens in Alaska, okay? It is the stupidest premise for a show I've ever heard. We need to just do like one of those like Twitch streams where you like live cast an episode of Ice Road Truckers and do commentary in the corner. Wait, no, for real, we're off next week. We should just live broadcast us watching an episode of Ice Road Truckers. It could, you know, it it would be so delightful if I got really deep into the Ice Road Trucker lore, you know, just like just Luke, Luke, this has been on for 11 seasons. 11 okay. seasons of this show. All right. Okay. Uh, starting a- after BattleBots finally gets canceled again by Discovery, we're going to immediately switch to an Ice Road Trucker podcast. <laughs> all right. Behind, okay, behind the then, trucks. And then ask, ask Jackie behind you when you sleep. Do you breathe through your mouth or your nose? Jackie. Jackie, they, they've got a question. Okay. Okay. Come, come on over here. Can you, can you pause The Bachelor? Okay, <laughs> um, Jackie. The question is: When I sleep, do I breathe through my mouth or my nose? You really want? Yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. It's an AMA. Okay. Well, first of all, I can't even sleep in the same bedroom as you anymore because you snore so loud. <laughs> I literally have to sleep in a bedroom down the hall. It's it's like Leave It to Beaver here in Rhinebeck. Like she sleeps, I, she sleeps on a different wing of the house. Yes. <laughs> I snore so badly, and Kyle, we sh- we shared a a wall, you know, at the hotel this uh, past weekend, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, Kyle heard. So, wow. so it's so so it's through your mouth. Yeah, oh, oh that's it, really it's, funny. It's deep within my diaphragm, you guys. So, so Chris, so you are so you are a mouth breather really that <laughs> may or may not watch Ice Road Truckers. I I am. Yeah, I'm a I'm a mouth breather, definitely, and a future ice road trucker viewer. Yeah, you you have become what you have. My, my sinuses are great, and I'm not above watching <laughs> ice road truckers. 
Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, Ryan Hunter, who helps run pit control at NHRL, wants to know, with the huge growth of NHRL, how do you all feel about being some of the faces and voices of the league? Hmm. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's uh, it's cool because like you'll go up into the pits and someone will be like, hey, Luke. And you're like, oh, hi. And then they go, oh, yeah, I've been watching you for like the last year. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. Like, hey, that's awesome. And like, I don't know. I just feel like um, uh, that part is really flattering and strange. And um, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't think about like that the audience exists. I feel like we probably couldn't do this if we thought about that ever. Um, but For uh, the real, audience does exist. The only way I'm able to even participate in this podcast is by forgetting that anybody listens. Like if I remembered at any point that anyone was going to be hearing this, it wouldn't work. Hmm. Okay. Another good bot idea from the market sharpening company, the expert knife sharpening service in Winnipeg. Would a 12 pounder be allowed to use a Milwaukee cordless framing nailer as a main weapon? Any good name suggestions for a nail bot asking for a friend? I personally, that would be amazing if, if that would be allowed, which why not? It's NHRL. Projectiles are allowed as long as they are within the parameters of the object uh, firing speed. Interesting. What's a good name for it, you guys? A nailer. Huh. Nailed it. Nail oh, gun. Yeah. Nail gun. Nail gun. Max. <laughs> oh, I kind of like that. That's so yes, good, Lindsay. Perfect. Gun <laughs> finder. Okay. Uh, Brett Gordon <clears throat> wants to bring a new bot to NHRL. What are some of your thoughts on a big wheel tombstone slash horizontal star child? I wanted to, I want to build one for the four Norwalk someday. I think Jeff Watts. Yeah, I was going to say that. that's just Wumbo. Wumbo. But Wumbo's but, cool. You should build another Wumbo. Yeah, build another Wumbo. Wumbo was, Wumbo was built as a joke, but then Jeff built it so well and it survived almost every fight so well. It actually ended up winning a bunch and being really cool. Wumbo is actually in the bot museum. I saw I saw Wumbo yep. this past weekend. Oh, um, no way. So Wumbo's next hanging to out next to, to Jackpot. Yeah. So That's if awesome. you want to come on down, come and check out Wumbo and let us know how close it is to what you have in your head. Uh, that was a fun question. Let's get on to a serious question. <laughs> what has been your worst robot experience? <laughs> <laughs> And there's 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 a there's a an idea brewing in your head right there that sparked that laugh. I'll just defer this question <laughs> to Luke. <laughs> um, I I um so the the two uh the two opposite opposing sides to my personality is that on the one hand I really do love saving money, um, uh, and the other hand I'm also a fancy boy, so um, <laughs> at at BattleBots, I stayed in the most horrific Airbnb. <laughs> I think on the network, it should be condemned immediately. All right. Like, um, 
we you go to BattleBots, and this year they were very generous. They they kind of gave all of the uh, the teams like a, a hotel stipend, and like you know you talk to Tony D'Ambrosio, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, like we uh we pooled our money between Ripperoni and Starchild, and we got this like Tony Stark mansion in the uh, the Las Vegas Hills. We had this infinity pool that was just looking out over the lights, and we had this <laughs> hot tub, and uh, every single person had their own ensuite bathroom and their own bedroom, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I I think back to our Airbnb and it makes me itch, all right? Like um, it, it was in one of those neighborhoods. Now, Chad, you're a Las Vegan. You, you know these neighborhoods, okay? It was in one of those neighborhoods where nobody had a lawn. They just had rocks and um, there was just trash all over the neighborhood. There were like cars where like um, the the wheels had been stolen off of the car and then they just let the car rust. OK, like it was probably like a joyride like uh, that got dumped somewhere and then someone stole the wheels off of the car that had been joyridden or something like that. Anyway, um, you walked into the house and it was like there was uh, like part of the wall like in the living room was caved in because somebody had probably been thrown through it. Right. Um, and they just set up beds it was like a it was like the most depressing like field hospital uh you can imagine there were beds on every single flat surface um and they didn't have like like um anything they didn't have blankets on the beds or you just had to bring your own blankets they had like one roll of toilet paper um the at one point we were like yeah, we we need two more beds because we had so many men, fully grown men in this tiny Airbnb. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, there's a uh, there's a mattress that's in the uh, in the in the garage. And we went out and we realized that they had nailed the mattress to the garage wall because so many people ha- renting this Airbnb had crashed through that wall that they had to put up like a a, a mattress, just a bare mattress. It was awful um but uh other than that i mean yeah i had to like buy i had to buy water for the house we had to buy toilet paper for the house i i bought i bought a full sheet set because i could not just what was the thread count it listen i'm a fancy boy okay 300 300 thread you know egyptian (laughs) cotton chad okay and um but I will tell you, like, honestly, like the, the house was terrible, but the people in the house, incredible, love Team Shreddit. And uh, I would 1000% stay in a um, sketchy Airbnb with any of those guys. Uh, and I uh, love, love them forever, times a thousand. So uh, that part was great. But uh, yeah, our accommodations were quite dismal. Uh, Luke has a question right up along this alley. So uh, speaking. Uh, Copper Team Copperhead Captain Luke Quintal wants to know how did Chris and Lindsay's BattleBot experience differ from Luke's? So we just heard Luke's. Luke wants to know how was your BattleBot's experience? I don't think we had to go to the leather store once. (laughs) (laughs) Zero trips to the leather store in the outskirts of town. Listen, you know, know, it's like uh, shred it came together really quick uh, from CAD to parts to shipment. And that, that presents a, a, a unique set of challenges and it was sprint after sprint after sprint. We showed up 
to this uh, this season's filming with a bot that uh, historically uh, you just turn the key and it is very very reliable and that really did um, shape a very different uh, experience. However, we were also on our honeymoon. So for that, we are thankful <laughs> because, you know, uh, that uh, that was, uh, you know, we, we only have several weeks of vacation that we can take throughout the year. And uh, we were coming out of New Mexico where we were eating uh, all, all kinds of delicious uh, 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 cuisine. And we just land in Vegas and it was not a super heavy lift. Uh, but you know, we were trying to just keep things fun and entertaining, and make our pit entrances fun. And I think we did a pretty good job. I would agree. I would agree a hundred percent. Battlebot superfan Ryder Lee Angle has some good questions. If you could make any robot combat matchup, what would it be? Stay within the limits of uh, the weight classes, but go wild. Wow. Hmm. Maybe just like BattleBots. Let's think BattleBots. Everybody can relate to BattleBots. Like a Copperhead versus... Copperhead versus Sawblaze. Copperhead versus Shred It. Okay. Yeah, Um, a behind-the-bots battle. I kind of love that idea. Drum to drum. Oh, yeah. That would have been cool. I want I want to see uh, how Paul would do in the modern day, right? I want to see Endgame versus Bite Force. I want to see that. That's like where my head is at. I think that would be hilarious. He would, and a he lot would of fun. mop the floor with Endgame. I have no doubt in my mind that Paul Ventimiglia would return to BattleBots season eight and win the entire thing. Just go completely yep. undefeated. Just walk in, win the whole thing, say thanks, guys. This was fun. I'm going to go back to my boat. See you later. <laughs> Not, not, not with you know, Bite Force season four or whatever. Like he would, he would just build a new Bite Force, and it would be amazing. I have no doubt about that. Um, I don't know. Like so many of the fights that I want to see, like have already happened. Um, yeah. Like this, this season was like a real, like just kind of dream matchup season. Like, cool and also matchup. a real. Will the fans please shut up about this? Here you go. We're gonna <laughs> yeah. do this matchup yeah. season. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so Ryan Hunter, who helps run pit control at NHRL, wants to know, how has it been watching BattleBots now that three out of four of you have been on the show? The thing I like the best is that we um, we apply clever misdirection and subterfuge to Kyle, and um, he just <laughs> he eats it up. This is one of the reasons why his predictions are so terrible every week, because we feed him half right and half wrong answers and he just <laughs> eats it up like we say crazy stuff like um oh you know sables you know they've got uh they've got uh you know they they're they're levitating you know they've got levitating drive and uh they got a weight <laughs> bonus for that this year it, it was massive you know it's got little jet jet engines and uh poor kyle just eats it up like ice cream it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, it's it's sort of true. It's sort of accurate. I, I honestly didn't see any of the fights. I saw very few fights, and I forgot all the fights that I did see. So I am just as surprised as everybody else, honestly. Do you like knowing uh, how every how everything is going to turn out as each as each episode comes out? 
I think you just answered that one, Luke. I don't remember. Like when I, I did I, a prediction trip, I, I don't remember at all. I do like knowing who wins the giant nut and seeing how the show has told the giant nut story so far. Like I find that mm. really interesting because like you can kind of reverse engineer it. And um, it's like you can almost kind of see like the foreshadowing of the beats that are to come in the story. And I think that's pretty cool. Like the work that Aaron Catling does to to weave a a story that really draws people in, I think it's pretty uh, pre- pretty awesome. And stories of other robots that are that are being shaped is is uh, it's interesting. It'll be fun to see where it goes. Yeah, and there's also like stuff too where you're like, oh, I see why they did that because I know it's going to happen later because it was such a big controversy at the time or whatever. And like, there's definitely like, uh, oh yeah, we're 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 setting up that story and we're going to have the payoff in two or three uh, episodes, which is pretty sweet. Another one for you, Luke. I can probably wait for the rest of uh, Shredded Bro team to come on, but what the heck is with BattleBots insulting Shredded Bro all the time? <laughs> it's like really messed up. Like Evan Arias has the most heart out of any like BattleBots yeah. captain on the planet. Like he has loved BattleBots since he was a little kid. His one dream has always been to get onto BattleBots. He is so enthusiastic about the show. And like, we, we say this all the time, like, I don't know, in our little private group chat, but like there are great robots and there are great drivers and there are great drivers paired with bad robots. And there are bad drivers paired with great robots. And every once in a while, you have a great driver paired with a great robot and Evan is, is searching for that really great robot and he is getting so close. And once he has a robot that's reliable and hits hard and like is tuned to his drive style, he is unstoppable. And like, I just think that his, his arc, like his story journey, like his, his arc through the sport is just so inspiring and cool. And I am looking forward to seeing him really achieve the potential that he's, that's possible on, on the show. So uh, what's up with BattleBots doing it? I don't know. I think they're kind of maybe setting up like a, an underdog story. There's Evan has so many fans and like the diehard fans that are sticking with Shredda and sticking with um, his story, I think are um, going to eventually someday <laughs> feel very vindicated about that support because he's, he's great. He's awesome. And um, he is a really unique person at BattleBots. And I think that he's going to stick around and I hope that he does. Uh, we got a good question from uh, Elizabeth nightmare, which awesome last name, by the way, amazing. Which member of Copperhead has the craziest habit in the pits during filming? And what was that habit? It's gotta be Max, right? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I don't know. Max had a habit of falling asleep on the couch. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Just like John Reed from Beta. <laughs> <laughs> Same reasons. I don't know. I, I think uh, as, as a member of Team Copperhead, I might be able to take this one. I think one of the, uh, the, the, awesome, the most awesome things that we had was uh, Chris's ability to come up with some of our our entrances you know you haven't seen them all yet and there's some really good ones but chris you know would would show up with just a, a hodgepodge of this that and the other thing and he'd be like where did you get that and he's like don't worry about it 
and uh, just a really good idea of, uh, you know, this is what we're going to do. And everybody needs to fall in line. This is what we're going to do, and it's going to be hilarious. And so far, it has been. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, it's so it's so fun uh, coming up with uh, entrance uh, shticks. I. It's almost as fun as uh, fighting robots, I think. Matt, what was the best part of BattleBots? Oh my gosh, it's Max. Hello, Max. What the heck? See ya. Can you ask, uh, ask, ask, Chris, ask Chris, we'll say, Chris, what was the favorite favorite part of BattleBots? Uh, flying with Carbon. Well, you're supposed to ask Chris that. <laughs> say, Chris, what was your favorite part of BattleBots? <laughs> oh, oh, shy. <laughs> oh, I, I and, love uh, hugs from kids. Like, that is the best. Habits? I don't know, habits. Who, who else had good habits? Luke, Luke was really good. You know, everybody, everybody was pretty good. This you know season. who had, you know who has great habits? You, Chad, because you brought a, a, a little kid to an event that is very challenging, uh, very demanding, and you still found time to do cool, fun things like take us out to, to lunch for incredible burritos. And you, sir, are an incredible dad. You are oh, an incredible good. dad, and my hat's off to you. Teamwork makes the dream work. It was it was all of us there. It was you guys helped a lot. It was everybody, everybody from Luke, Heather, Lindsay, Jonathan, Micah, Pete, Zach, Casey, everybody. It's all teamwork makes the dream work. I'm a big fan of that. Um, another good Copperhead related question from team member Pete Covert for Chris and Lindsay. How different was it being on a BattleBots team compared to what you had imagined? Was what was your biggest surprise? One of the things that like I knew but didn't fully understand was just how quick the turnaround time was from fight to fight. Like on paper, I know that like you know the the season is is fought over two weeks and therefore people have to fight you know sometimes um back-to-back days sometimes we have an off day like i knew that but i didn't really understand really what that meant um like if you show up with a bot that has a teething issue it seems like when you watch it on tv like oh that should be settled by the second match right maybe the third but like in reality that's maybe two or three days to get that figured out. Mm. Like it's, it's very, very, very difficult to adapt on the fly because you have to get, you know, you have to either have services done to it. You have to get new materials for it. Like it, it just takes time. And so that's something that it just in practice really, really astounded me um, that any of this is able to work. It's just like, how does any of this work? Um, and so like my level of, obviously my level of respect was really high for builders, but I think this it was able to increase my capacity for respect. Now that I, I was able to see it with my own eyes and understand it um, mm. even more. Good one. Good one. Uh, one more question for Chris and Lindsay, this time from David Harrison. 
I know the answer. Uh, whoop, lost my spot. I know the answer for one of the days, but how many times did Copperhead Luke have a hangover during recording? <laughs> <laughs> Every I day. think he drives better with one, so yeah. it was really uh, him doing his due diligence, you know, for the for the bot. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, you know three shots before each fight is part of his pregame ritual. I was gonna say you can't be hungover if you're just hammered all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tips from Clyde Magnuson. <laughs> um, let's see here. Fun question of the anonymous variety: Who is your least va- least favorite BattleBot team, and why? That's pretty <laughs> pretty easy. We covered it. Tune into last week's episode. <laughs> My least favorite BattleBots team is Riptide. Luke, Luke's brave enough to, to say it. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I think we'll all say it. Yeah. yeah, I don't like what they represent for the sport, and I don't like... Hey, I I will say it's like the community, you know, even though I've, I've really only sat on the outside of it for several years and have been in it for a year or so, the, the community is very forgiving and it is a uh, it's an incredible place uh, to be uh, welcomed and uh, to be a part of it's not I'm not saying that riptide can't ever be a part of that it's just like the community is forgiving but it takes there's a lot of investment that you need to put to uh, to earning your place in there and uh, to, to be a, uh, a an earnest member of that community and it's going to take a long time for them to get to that place, but I, I I encourage and I invite them to do that because nobody should be shunned from the community, like you know, for behavioral reasons, for uh, for um, ethical reasons, and you know that's 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 a pretty deep hole to dig your way out of. But I I I I would root for them to do it. Yeah, redemption is possible for sure. It just needs to come from a genuine place, I think. And right. I know that we would all we like we would all love to see it. I don't like the fact that there's this um, you know, kind of spot on this team because I, you know, it's clear that, you know, not just Ethan, but the team spends a lot of time and a lot of effort on their bot. Like I understand that. Like, I don't, I don't want there to be this cloud over them. Um, I like it when everybody gets along. (laughs) So like, I think redemption is possible. Um, But yeah, I, I just, people can tell when it's genuine and people can tell when it's not. And I think as yet, we have not seen the the genuine uh, attempt, but there's time. It's not impossible. Okay. Uh, Martin Dithers wants to know, what is the likelihood of you guys being on a BattleBots team again, or has the BattleBots itch been scratched? It's so fun to see you guys on TV, and I hope you do super well the rest of the season. Chad, is is Martin Dithers your your alternate account on mm-hmm. Facebook? Nope, that's not me. Because Chad has been... Working hard to uh, to recruit us, all right. Uh, it it is it is, um, Chad. I'm frankly, it's disrespectful that you haven't asked Kyle yet uh, to join the team. But uh, everybody, you know, listen, I, 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 I get I it. Kyle uh, inferred. Kyle, uh, Kyle's forgettable. What can I say? You know. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks, sweetheart. I appreciate he just, you. He just blends into the furniture. Poor old Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> oh, Kyle's on. Uh, Battle, Kyle's on. BattleBots is not an, an itch that you can scratch. It's poison oak. Yeah, and it's when only you scratch spread. It, it's just going to spread. Kyle, um, you got to you got to join a team this year. Come on. You got to you yeah, got to live your dream. I, I, I think I'm going to have to join a team this year. Um, listen, I just want to go like do a bunch of uh, psychotropics out in the desert with the Omega team. They're not a cult, and I want to join them. That's all. Or a frat. <laughs> and I will go on the record. Kyle was invited to be on Team Copperhead last year. That what? is true. Kyle, you turned them down. I did. I did. I was wow. not able to make it last year. So, Wow. It is what it is. Uh, Alex, pick another question from Alex, who uh, runs Zane at NHRL. Who has the best pit area at BattleBots? Okay, all right. I will just say one of my favorite moments of my BattleBots time was watching Chad pull up in his pickup truck with the biggest couch I've ever seen. And just unloading it, like, uh, I mean, just making the pit area in Copperhead just really comfy. That was great, you know? Meanwhile, um, at Team Shredit, uh, we were so exhausted and run so, like, we we tried so hard. We, oh my God, I tried so hard to go to the leather store. Those guys tried so hard that they were sleeping inside of the crate, okay? Like, um, legitimately. And we we had to share two chairs okay and um it was it was wild uh, i i think like best pit area i'm gonna say scorpios scorpios is pretty great what, what what do you what do you guys think malice had a cool photo booth and oh, it would print your picture and a popcorn maker well we had a popcorn maker too malice's was slightly bigger than copperhead's slightly smaller popcorn maker <laughs> Switchback has an incredible space. Hypershock has an incredible space. Um, uh, Mark's Atrakian's corner. Yeah. That is just this empty, stoic, uh, uh, you know, area with all of a sudden the most fascinating starfish-shaped robot you've ever seen in your entire life coming coming to life in the middle of it. Some Something about that looked like an art installation in Manhattan. Hijinx also had a very fun and colorful. Oh one. yeah, totally. Yeah, you can awesome. see it from space. Chris, Chris did. He was trying to. He was trying to zhuzh up our our pit uh, space at Copperhead, but he said that to create you know the environment that he wanted. What was it, Chris? Like you know, ten thousand dollars or something. It was twelve thousand dollars, and I had a prop rental company, and they gave me an a, an official quote. Uh, and we uh, we'll figure that out for. Uh, next season potentially which alex's next question was imagine the four of you entering BattleBot season eight as one team with a bot called with a bot called behind what does that bot do fail safety okay, all right. <laughs> with, with the with the name <laughs> it, it's got to be a like a silicone butt-shaped robot Ooh. and its main weapon is just a. Dairy gas, I guess. <laughs> I just yeah, I want Discovery have to, to have to blur out our robot okay. throughout the entire fight. It's a flamethrower. It's a flamethrower. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking about okay, listen. Oh my god, this is actually perfect. Wow, now I'm thinking about it. Okay. Massive silicone butt. I'm talking about like a two hundred pound silicone 
but really just flesh colored and uh, just uh, out of the butt, just a massive flamethrower, like the biggest propane torch you've ever seen. It would be the most popular battle bot. We'd probably break. We'd probably break the internet. All right, it'd be great. We have to take the name back from Ethan Shipley and uh, name it Hot Poke. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a robot at the last stream that was named like you know Fart or something. Flaming, Flaming Fart. Flaming Fart. Fart. Yeah. Flaming Fart is one of my favorite things that's happened at NHRL in a while. They're they're just delightful. So then then the, the mini bot nice the mini bot should be Skidmark. Ah, nice. <laughs> I would enough. I would have said Squeaker. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. No. While we were just no. talking about that, no. Facebook pushed me this ad for a squeezable butt pillow. A big silicone squeezable butt pillow. Oh, wow. Chris, Chris, I did that to you, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> They're listening. Oh, my goodness. The machine is taking over. Brooke has a science channel-related question. Can you all work together to spearhead a movement to bring back Punkin' Chunkin'? Now that was an exciting competition. I think we want to create an initiative to bring back Junkyard Wars. Oh, yeah. Junkyard Wars was the best. 100%. Stay tuned. Junk, yeah, that's that's NHRL's next endeavor. Maybe. Uh, let's see. I'm definitely skipping around a little bit for the sake of time because I think this is going to be a four-hour-long podcast. Uh, Triton Captain Bradley Warren Hanstead has a Marvel-related no. question. You know what's coming. Thanos, what do you think of it? Brad, you should be ashamed of yourself. This is a family podcast. I, this is what I'm going to say. We didn't know what this was forever, and it kept coming up, and you guys just made us complicit in this horrible thing, and I have a lot of feelings about it, Brad. Brad. I don't think anybody is ready for Thanos. Yeah, like, li literally. I don't... Yeah. It's when not, I found out that that Thanos was custom made, that blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh we'll leave it at that. Yes, yes. So on that note, who is your favorite BattleBot team and why? <laughs> Ooh. Your favorites, because we all have, you, you guys have, you know, you're not favorites. So who's your favorite, you know, all leaving right, out so many other people? Here's, here's the thing. I'm just going to go with the first robot that popped into my head. Kraken. Yeah. Kraken's yeah. my favorite. Kraken's my favorite. Yep. Hey, Max, who is your favorite robot? Kraken. Oh, good man. Aww. <laughs> good job, Max. Uh, Triton team member Shay Waffles Johns, who runs Big Cookie at NHRL and all around. Happy belated birthday, Shay! Yes, happy birthday. Happy Sparkle Day. Uh, an all around awesome woman, Shay is. To each of you, <coughs> excuse me, to e if each of you had to captain a brand new team with a brand new robot with no financial constraints, total, total dream world, what would your robot's theme each be? Oh, theme. Theme. Lindsay okay. would bring the first robot made out of moss. <laughs> 
and broth. <laughs> Mossed broth, yeah. I was... <laughs> um, my dream is to bring a robot to NHRL that um, is an inside joke with the show I think you should leave. Um, and I think about 12 people watching would get it and that would make my day. So I would definitely do the same for BattleBots uh, and name it like Dan Flashes or something. Wait, Lindsay, you described the the rubber steak and the whole thing. You yeah. Gotta, you, gotta, you gotta pitch it. Okay. All right. So imagine it's like a tomb clone, um, but rather than... <laughs> Rather than uh, there being like a blade per se, it, instead it's a rubber stake. Um, and this was back in the days when you could enter a sportsman um, when I wanted to like enter. A, like a ribeye stake. Yeah, like a ribeye stake. Like one of those squeaky toys you'd give a dog. But um, this is like a, you know, big old rubber plastic stake. And it is the weapon of this tomb clone. Uh, and then the little mini bot would be, um, a fake cup of water and it would, uh, be sloppy steaks. I, um, I would, I would build a super heavyweight. So I would, I would qualify for the extra weight bonus. So it'd be a 500 pound robot. It'd be a walker naturally. Uh, and I would call it Facebook mouth breather. (laughs) And, uh, the way that it would work would be, it would use its legs to immediately crawl up the side of the battle box because we're talking about you know no no budget of course right and uh we would just uh you know use a gun to just shoot at its opponent uh from the air impossible for uh you know anyone to uh to reach it and uh, it would win every single time and uh i i take that that giant nut and um yeah, everyone would be so upset. It would they'd probably probably cancel the show. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's unbeatable. It's amazing. I love this plan. I would um, I would also toss away the two hundred and fifty pounds, Luke, uh, and I would have uh, I would challenge perhaps someone else to join me in this endeavor to. Build a twenty-five hundred pound bot, and meet me in the salt flats of Nevada. We'll build a a, a bomb bunker with a Lexan triple Lexan window, maybe, and we fight twenty-five hundred pound bots out in the open, and we're inside the box, and maybe we film the whole thing with drones. Genius, Kyle. What's yours? Um, I would want to do something kid friendly, uh, something that would be like highly entertaining for the kiddos. Um, I would probably want to do like, uh, uh, a, a, like either a circus or unicorn themed robot. Um, if it was a unicorn themed robot, I would want it to be like a Rambot, uh, with a, a, like just spike on it. And it would just be pink and sparkly and beautiful and awesome. And uh, I would fully embrace the theme. That's what I want to happen. Kyle, my LARP guild is balloon and unicorn themed. Balloon, like balloon unicorn circus. 
the amount of uh like little kids who would just absolutely go gaga over a pink fluffy unicorn robot would be amazing and i want that to happen maxwell if you could build any robot what would you build copperhead louder copperhead (laughs) good man maxwell (laughs) <laughs> I'll build this guy. With a little guy? Yeah, I'll build three of these guys and I'll build my house. Gotcha. I'll build three robots. Triton team member Andrew Bergerhoff <laughs> <laughs> uh, has a question about giant pumpkins. Uh, is there anything in pumpkin growing that is illegal or cheating? I don't mean like injecting it with mercury or physically altering it, but any kind of fertilizer, etc., to make it grow bigger that isn't allowed. Uh, no. You can use anything, you can do anything to make your pumpkin as big as possible, just as long as you do not, uh, inject it with any sort of yuckiness. That is illegal. Uh, anonymous question. Has each of you given a like and review on Podbean, CastBox, Spotify, and whatever else Lindsay says? Wait, well, oh. what was the question? Have, have all of you Have we each given a like podcast? and a review? We can't like our own. So the thing. answer is no. Yeah, I, I, I have actually written a hundred percent of the reviews on, <laughs> um, on Apple Podcasts, but I set a reminder to do it every three to four months, and I've had to create so many fake Gmail accounts for it. It's been pretty. I don't scary. even know if I follow us on Facebook. <laughs> but everyone that knows me knows that I'm like notoriously bad at Facebook and Messenger. I just, you know, I don't. I'm not a I'm not a good social communicator. Okay. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh some more some more questions for me. More questions for Chad, this time from Jackpot Captain Jeff Waters. What is the tip speed limit for the Giant Pumpkin League? Uh seven. You can just do seven. What are some unsportsmanlike conflicts that have happened as a pumpkineer? Um people trying to cheat and you know getting away with, uh, you know, shenanigans. You don't want that honor among thieves sort of thing, just like robot builders. Um, would you like to hit your pumpkin with a combat robot? If so, what robot? Jeff works at the show, at the uh, Destructathon show, so I think we should load up a giant pumpkin in the fall and have one of the pumpkin or one of the robots go after it. I think that would be fun. And cutting a few off. If Luke Quintal is in the room, can you have him tell the story? Luke would have to tell the story. I'm not sure if any of you guys know about the story, but it's a pretty good story. And uh, I don't even know if I know the well, story. We'll leave it at that. That's a, that's a cliffhanger for everybody to, to ask Luke someday. Ask him about the story. Um, another pumpkin question from Matthew. Do you have any advice for my kid and myself on our first year trying to grow giant pumpkins? Um, yeah, go to Colorado Giants, um, our YouTube page. I have videos on how to do it. Um, treat it like any other plant. Just get a good seed and you'll grow a giant pumpkin. Uh, Daniel has a haunting question. Is it true that Will Bales keeps technical T-Rex pinned up in an abandoned shopping mall knowing full and well, full, knowing full well that TT's arms are too short for it to reach the door handles. Hashtag free technical T-Rex. Uh, um, I, I, 
I'm so glad that he asked this question. Um, actually, concerningly, last year, uh, technical T-Rex's orchard was placed under conservatorship. And uh, Will Bales has been slowly siphoning in a way to, uh, to buy carbon fiber or fiber or whatever kind of space age materials he's using on hypershock. So yes, absolutely. Free, free technical T-Rex immediately. Please. Well, <laughs> I'm wearing my technical T-Rex t-shirt right now. Look, 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 look. Uh, anonymous question to each of you. What friend group did you hang out with and associate with in high school? Were you a cool kid, a nerd, jock, goth, etc.? Lindsay, what were you? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> Lindsay was a goth. Um, well, not far off. I, from like uh, eighth grade until, I don't know, sophomore year or so, I was like, punk rock, but not goth. I like. Uh, okay, hold on. You were also in the marching band. You were a goth band marching yeah, band. Yeah, I was. Lindsay, you you were also you also played Yenta the matchmaker on. That was senior year of high school. Okay. I transitioned into being a theater kid, but I feel like it's now. I'm I'm still punk rock at heart. Um, I'm just kidding, but I I that was the music I listened to, um, and not like Good Charlotte or that nonsense either. Kyle, what were you? Um, but yeah, then I was a theater kid. Um, and all my, like, my best friend was valedictorian. My uh, other best friend was, like, salutatorian. I, I wasn't those things. <laughs> uh, I was a, I was a choir kid. And uh, that led into being a theater kid because they found out that I could build stuff. So, um they they adopted me for a musical when they needed a fiddler on the roof set built and uh that kind of dictated yep uh and that kind of dictated the rest of my life um but yeah i was i was in a couple of musicals because i had the right vocal range for a couple of the characters luke were you a preppy kid and um Uh, actually, uh, Kyle and I, you know, I think we would have been friends. I uh, I was in the California State all um, all state uh, choir uh, in middle school, and as an alto, uh, I, <laughs> I actually was an alto. How dare you? Um, and then when when my voice changed, uh, I had to leave choir just because uh, I couldn't sing anymore. And um, then, but also, I mean, ever since middle school. I uh, I was uh, the leading man in all of our school plays, so I was also a theater kid. Um, and uh, <clears throat> we actually had some famous actors come out of uh, out of my high school. So um, so yeah, uh, I, and around the same time that I graduated. So um, yeah, it was a pretty. pretty Chris, what about day. you? Bring it home. That's awesome. Uh, class clown turned into. Um, uh, I don't know. I was one of the floaters, so I could, uh, I could intermingle with any of the cliques and I was an enemy of none, uh, and spent a lot of my time, uh, unfortunately drinking light beer under power lines because there wasn't a lot to do. Chris graduated with a class of, of 92 kids and, um, they all knew one another just at an incredibly intimate level. Uh, 
I'll just I'll be driving around Jackie be like, oh yeah, I went to I went to high school with that person. Like, oh really? Wow. And uh she'll she'll just start rattling off random facts about somebody who I've never seen before. So And it sounds um, like we need to have a behind yeah. the bots musical, you know, with uh, your guys' theater experience. So need to work on that. I feel like Kyle, we we've sung a little bit on the NHRL live stream and I feel like it's Lizzie's been, been singing recently. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Chad. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. I've had yeah. some stage work. I've had some stage work. I did after graduation. I did like lighting and some of the stuff that Kyle probably has a little bit more in depth knowledge of. But before that, I did stand up comedy for years at Tempe, Arizona, and then for a little bit in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was not that funny. And, uh, you know, so I just decided that I was going to go into male modeling. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. Yep. That tracks. Now with your 200 pound silicone butt pillow, you know, were you the model in that that just popped up? Yeah, they have a, <laughs> they have a signature NHRL edition. Uh, they, they vacuum formed my butt and now you can buy it and, and it's a pillow. Perfect. You can actually use it as like uh, flooring and tiling. It's that flat. So. <laughs> uh, so Stephanie Spooner has a few questions. Stephanie actually this weekend just uh, fought at her first event. She's uh, We met her at BattleBots. I did, I know, anyway. You guys might have. Yeah, yeah so go, she Stephanie. got second place, I believe. So good job, Stephanie. She wants to know has it, if any of you ridden a horse? No. Uh, yes. What, Lindsay? You haven't ridden a, ridden a horse. When? When would I have ridden a horse? You come from upper class Connecticut. Every single kid there has a horse. All right. No, I come from weird farm town Connecticut where, where everyone has a horse. <laughs> where no, everyone has cows. a horse. There's cows, no horses. The kids are riding cows. Well, then to have school, you ridden Lindsay. a cow? <laughs> no, Lindsay. Chris, take Lindsay on a horseback ride. Come on. Uh, Why don't you ever take me horseback ride? Why don't you ever take me horseback ride? <laughs> All right, listen, listen. Here's the thing. All right, Chris, I'm sorry to blow up your spot. Chris and his sister Jackie, my uh, my girlfriend, um, they had a very fancy childhood too. Jackie, uh, we we passed by, you know, the, the stables where they they rode horses, you know, in Rhinebeck. Uh, so um, all the time. I and, think you uh, mean that uh, that back alley horse ranch that we'd go to on our way to the Catskill <laughs> Game Farm, way up in the uh, the Catskill Mountains, uh, where you'd basically put two dollars in a bucket and you could go on a four hour horse ride, but the horse was like end of life. <laughs> Skin and bones. No, Just the opposite. Glue. They've been eating nothing but cheeseburgers. <laughs> the glue truck would just back up at the end of the season. Solid. And uh, yeah, okay, uh, she also wants to know: Do any of you have plans to compete or to continue to compete? Oh, I say at the end of every single event. Chris, will you build a robot with me? And then we both agree to do it. And then everything is just busy and it's hard to do. Also, I, I don't know anything. I like truly don't know anything. After four <laughs> years, you'd think I'd know more. 
I, I think about building every single day. I think I think Pepper would get me into building. Like uh, if if my daughter came to me at some point and said, "Let's build a robot together," I would move heaven and earth to get her into the sport. And that's a that's a Kyle. But she's only nine that's months old, like, and uh, so that's that's a, it's a couple couple years off. So the, the right, other Kyle. question too is, Kyle, you have tons of robot knowledge. Are you ever going to build a robot? I may or may not be building a beetle right now. That does cover 100% of all of the possible beetle-related uh, things you could be doing. So Correct. Yeah, You've actually said nothing, Kyle. Amazing. Um, yeah, that was the plan. That, that's the plan. But yeah, I may or may not be building a beetle right now. Any, uh, any information you can share about said beetle? Uh, thank you, Eamon. It, for all of your help. That's all. Okay. Friend of the pod and RoboCast <laughs> co-host Sam Elliott wants to know who comes out on top of a four-way hand-to-hand fight between the four hosts of Behind the Bots. Luke Stangle. <laughs> <laughs> He's so sweaty. You can't grab a hold of him. Notice my lack of hesitation. Why? Because you have not seen the craziness in this man's eye when a thumb ma- a thumb wrestling match starts. You've not seen the pure bloodlust that happens when the thumb wrestling doesn't go his way. He would murder everyone. He would murder them so quickly. No, no one would have a chance. It would just be over for us. That's that's when you see the sociopathic like mask just slips slightly and then I just bring it right back. Okay. He locks hands with it, and what you don't see is his other hand, which is concealing a butterfly knife uh, to take out if things get a little dicey. Yeah, no question. No question on that one. We know exactly what would happen. Gotcha. Uh let's see, I'm almost out of my anonymous questions. Uh do you have any plans? on attending other events this year other than NHRL? I went to Motorama. I am planning on going to Rova Games and Destructathon in April. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, I may, if there's a BattleBots this year, I might go, but uh, it, it, that might not be until, who knows when that's happening. So, okay. Alex Pick has a D&D related question for you D- Nerds, yes. Tell us about your D and D game. I want to know what classes, what class people you are playing. We got, and then we got a follow up question from Zaza too. And more importantly, which player is most likely to cause the apocalypse? Well, I, I know that Luke's character that he played is the one that's least likely to cause the apocalypse. Uh, he would come up with brilliant schemes like, oh, we have a boss fight. I'm going to go try to cover myself in dirt. <laughs> it's smart. It's smart. I it started really digging. It was a really cool character, though. It was like kind of a Beastmaster Ranger, and I let you kind of Pokemonify the, the world. You could capture creatures and then use them at your disposal. It was uh, It was pretty clever. Chris, I just wanted to keep you on your toes as like uh as a uh, dungeon master, you know? And thank like, you. Like uh like uh what uh Luke, what what do you do? All right, I'm gonna roll for uh for, for dig ability, all right? <laughs> oh, I rolled a nat twenty. All right, yeah, I dig a very deep hole and I get inside of it. <laughs> 
And Chris is just muttering under his breath, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who, who would trigger the apocalypse? Pro- probably Lindsay, I think. No, my characters are pretty... Uh, they're not like that. Tell the kids your characters. Um. So, well, actually, one of them <laughs> might. Um, there you I'm go. in two campaigns right now. One of them is um, D, uh, DM'd by Chris. The other is DM'd by our friend Gabe. Um, for Chris's campaign, I started as a sea elf druid named Astra Nightwater, which um, was a really, really fun character to play. But then um, her storyline kind of um, took a pause and I became Kishef Romani, um, who is a human sorcerer uh, based on my grandma. Um, because my grandma kind of had like weird uh, supernatural abilities to like tell the future, and uh, she she was a, a which sounds one. like a story we need to hear <laughs> um, at a later so that, time. Yeah, that's a that's a later date. Uh, um, but then uh, for Gabe's campaign, I'm a. a, a druid again i really like playing druids as mentioned before um i like moss <laughs> um but in that druid. what you're not a druid yeah i am you're a sorcerer no i'm a druid and um effrafax oh, oh no you're the druid yeah I for- i'm the druid i know <sighs> sorry it's guys we just got off of nhl and my brain's fried but um in that world there's no magic so instead my a sorcerer uh, character has to like use technology um, and she's um, which makes you kind of like a low-key terrorist I am um, a principled terrorist that mm-hmm. likes fire and does not like authority and in that campaign I, I, I love this is one of my favorite characters I've ever played I am a uh, a robot druid so everything that like a druid would normally embrace about nature, uh, Drago von Drago, Drago von Drago embraces about things that are not nature, metal, rust, uh, wiring. And I can speak to things like an elevator or a vending machine, and I can shapeshift into things like a hot dog cart. And it is a lot of fun. It's the best character ever. Just nerds. Okay. <laughs> Chad literally walked away from the computer while we were answering Next, that question. Max dropped a wheel. <laughs> He's putting Yippee back together, or Yeehaw rather. Uh, okay, so we got some questions from uh, the human CPU Gil, uh, Hova. Okay, Chris. Okay, so Chris is fine. Hey, buddy. Careful. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we love you, Max. So, yeah, he's building. Bye, he's, he's fiddling with the robots and dropping stuff. <laughs> uh, okay, where were we? Kill us some questions. Okay, so Chris's fighter is down to his last few HP. You're out of resurrection spells and potions. Sounds like some nerd stuff that I don't understand. If he goes, he goes, <laughs> Lindsay's magic failed, her saving throw. What's he talking about here, guys? What are we, Luke's young paladin, who do you save? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris, Lindsay, and, and Kyle, their characters are on the verge of death. Who who do I save? Uh, Gil, A, I would love to join your D&D campaign. You should set one up for us. This would be great. Um, and uh, answer, I'd save myself twice just to make sure, you know? So... Uh, <laughs> It's uh, you know, that's uh, that's how I've survived for as long as I have, you know, and <laughs> through my many, uh, many identities, uh, you know, I just kind of oh, look boy. in the newspaper, find somebody who was born around the same time as my actual bio birth date, and uh, just kind of assume their their uh, their information, you know, so. That's, uh, Luke that's didn't actually lose you know? his, his hair in 90 days. He had to tear it out so that he could take on a new identity. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, always survive, Gil. And uh, you got to look out for number one. All right. We are me. in the home stretch here, guys. Home stretch. <clears throat> uh, good question here from Christine Giver, who runs outside, who runs the Outside of the Box podcast. If each of you were a Pokemon, which type would you be? Uh, Magikarp, one thousand percent. All right. Uh, Evan Arias and I, we were bonding over this at BattleBots. He has a massive Magikarp tattoo. I am one thousand percent a Magikarp. All right, which is uh just a totally ineffectual, just absolutely weak Pokemon that its only move it knows is struggle. Which you know that's my life. And uh, someday, you know what? I have the potential to become a really great water dragon pokemon and uh you know what i just need to to have uh, somebody believe in me and train train me i guess you're you're a fancy gyarados luke you're you're, you're I'm a, gyarados a shiny now. gyarados yeah in my own mind <laughs> shimmering kyle what are uh, you my son tells me i would be a good hitmonchan so i'm a hitmonchan i have no I know nothing about Pokemon, so I don't know what that means. Chris and Lindsay. It says, Chris and uh, Lindsay's computer stopped recording. Only their recording stopped due to their hardware limitations. Others continue to record. What should yeah, I do? You've got, you've got hardware limitations, Chris and Lindsay. Sounds like a personal problem. There's a pill for that. So keep going? Yeah, let's do it. Ashley Beckman has a related question or has a pizza question. I just want to know when you guys will be near North Bradford again so I can meet you for pizza. Oh, I think we're going to be there. You know, really, like we, we go up, uh, you know, for pizza, like fairly regularly. Uh, just the other day, uh, Chris and Lindsay were there, you know, visiting with, with uh, Lindsay's dad. And I drove all the way to Connecticut just to, uh, to get clam pizza with them. And uh, halfway there, I was like, oh, my God, this is a four-hour round trip, and I'm going just for clam pizza. I have problems. And um, we just we had, we had pizza, and I drove home. It was, uh, it was great. So, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, we, uh, we, sh- we should absolutely go. Chris, what's, what's the name of the pizzeria again? You know, the one that catered your, your wedding? No, no, it's fine. But, I mean, I, I'm sure they're still capturing it. The parties. The parties of Pete's. Yeah, so... Uh, so Ashley, we will we will meet you at some parties at some point soon. Okay. So wrapping it up, we have some rapid fire questions from Horizon team member Mary Catherine Carr. 
I feel like I know too much, but you all asked for it. Kyle, as a reformed Florida man, how easy is it for you to tap back into that crazy energy? I heard you bottle it and send it to Fred Moore in case of pizza emergencies. Uh, Fred does not need any additional energy from anyone. He is his own power plant. Um, it is not hard to bring back the Florida man energy. And uh, every time I go to the state, uh, I recharge the batteries. So it's always there. It's always there. It's fueling everything. Luke, have the skin slash leatherheads way over from uh, furries now that you've spent ample amounts of time in Vegas with the, in the Vegas leather scene. <laughs> what is your motorcycle club name? All right. Obviously, motorcycle club name would be the Fancy Boys. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and no, furries were my first love and, uh, they have my heart and, uh, you know, like, uh, my persona remains strong. Okay. All right, Chris, how does it feel to load Lord over your co-hosts that you are, are the only one who has finished their beetle and thus the only one to have valid opinions? Uh, well, Chris, Chris isn't recording anymore. So, uh, Kyle, do you do you want to you want to step in as uh, as Kyle as as Chris? Uh, Chris is uh, Chris has never finished a Beetle. A he skipped uh, straight ahead to thirties, and um, his thirties are some of the most amazing things that have ever existed on the face of the planet. They made his opinions about all things five hundred times more valid. Um, if you at, have to have a conversation about geopolitics, Chris's opinion, 500 times more valid now. Just going to yeah. say it. Yeah. Sometimes he makes us cry because like, we'll, we'll disagree about robots. And then he'll be like, I'm the only one who's actually built a robot and put it in the box. And, uh, you know, he just, yeah, it's actually kind of mean. Now, ironically, the only one of us with a finished beetle is, uh, is Luke. Heck yeah. And I bought it. <laughs> all right. Fancy boys for life. <laughs> uh Lindsay, did you ever get your basement back? Uh yeah, Chris and Lindsay, they're they're recording stuff, so I'll I'll answer it as Lindsay. I'm never gonna get the, the basement back. It's it's just got weird robots down there forever. No. Uh and also Lindsay, while while I have you, uh do you think that you're so successful at driving mini bots because you already have uh so much experience thwarting bots in the virtual realm? <laughs> yeah, That's so true. I'm trying to. I'm trying to do uh, the Chris Chris version. Yeah. Oh my so, god! Yes, I love destroying all the bots <laughs> in the real world and in the fake one. That's pretty good, Kyle. <laughs> That's pretty good. So we we have one last question for Clyde. So we need a we need a Clyde substitute. All right, let's bring in Johnny D. Let's bring him we, back. Do we know how you got to Vegas, but how did you get home? <laughs> okay, wait. I uh, actually know know this. Uh, Clyde got to Vegas because he hitched a ride inside of the Shredded Bro box, uh, uh, and he packed himself a couple of emergency rations. And um, the way that he got himself back was uh, hitchhiking, just through uh, you know the, the use of his uh, you know. Body, but Luke, you know. Luke, uh, Clyde needs to answer this question. You oh, know, oh okay. All right. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I was uh, I was in Vegas and, uh, you know, pretty stuck, pretty stuck. You know, they, they turned off the lights. You know, I was 
hiding from Greg and Trey for for days, days. All right, and uh, finally, uh, finally, tur- they they turned off the lights, and uh, you know, I just started hitching. Okay, I was just saying east, east, and uh, sometimes they took me east. That was great. Sometimes north, sometimes south, occasionally west. Awful when it was west, and uh, you know, just. Making promises, writing checks I couldn't cash. That's how I got across the country. Finally, back to Norwalk, Connecticut, back to my bus. That sounds great. Thanks, Clyde. And we'll give the last word to Maria Marissa St. John's, who sends in a really nice note. To all four of you, thank you for having this podcast and sharing yourselves with us. I have been a combat robotics super fan since the very beginning of BattleBots, and, a, and truly... I would rather watch hours of NHRL live stream or listen to y'all's podcast than watch a full episode of BattleBots from start to finish. NHRL's live stream is unmatched, and you four are a huge part of why that is. Your knowledge and commentary is wholesome, hilarious, and real, and real so much fun to watch. Thank you. Wow. (sighs) Thanks, Marissa. That is so nice. Like, it, it honestly made me cry a little bit the first time I read it. Like, that's just so cool. And um, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Thank you. And I, you know, I second that. You guys, uh, I, I definitely was late coming into watching NHRL and listening. But uh, but once I did, you know, honestly, it's you four that, that make it uh, a lot of fun. I've, I've been to and watched my share of robot fights over the last 20 years of doing this, uh, you know, questionable hobby and uh it's really you guys that, that make it a lot of fun it's it's the people and it's the dysfunctional family aspect of our dysfunctional community that, that i enjoy the most and uh you know you guys are a big part of that so uh, i second that thank you guys thanks chad we love you thanks chad after the break we'll return with this week's installment of robots around the world Welcome back from the break. Time for robots around the world. This week we're heading to the West Village, where researchers set two trash-gathering robots loose to study how New Yorkers would react to seeing robots in the wild. Yes, the wild of West Village. The robots were shaped like trash cans on wheels with little hands that would scoop up trash they found on the ground. The researchers said the majority of New Yorkers reacted positively to the robots and even helped them out when they got stuck on broken pavement. Aw, not everyone was nice. One woman recoiled in disgust and said, that's creepy. That's just freaking creepy when she saw them. <laughs> and I will say for the record, that was not me. Who said that. Uh, it's it's New York. You got to do it. it uh, that That's creepy. That's that's freaking creepy. I don't know. Uh, I'm upstate. I'm upstate. (laughs) One person made a rude hand gesture at the robots. Uh, Another person kicked them over. So, you know, some New Yorkers are not very nice, but I think, you know, actually most of them are are pretty kind when when you, uh, you know, get to know them. So I'm not surprised that most of them reacted positively. To be fair, the last time that I took the train into the city, someone made a rude hand gesture at me and also kicked me over. So, you know, it might not just be robots, could just be. Were you picking up trash? Probably. 
<laughs> Probably. All right. Here's the thing I'll say about the West Village. A lot of rich people live there with a lot of rich, fancy dogs. And you know what rich people do? Unless they have a dog walker, which let's be honest, most of, most of them will. But for the ones who walk their own dogs, they're not picking up poop. They're not. So I don't know. Maybe this trash robot will actually pick up dog poop. Can only hope. Yeah. It's like uh, across the street, like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm picking up trash here. You know, like banging on the, the taxi. Hey, I'm big hey. enough trash here. <laughs> That's much better. Yeah. <laughs> Any other jokes? <laughs> you sound more of like an Italian than a New Yorker, I think. Hey, what hey, do you mean hey, by hey, that? Hey, the robot. Better. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just glad that they tested it in, in New York and not Boston, where it would probably... Uh, drive off the end of a pier or they'd fill it with poop and then set it on fire uh, what how would you even know it's there then <laughs> Boston joke. <laughs> burn burn okay well that's about it for us today uh we're gonna be taking a week off coming up here uh how exciting is that what are you gonna do with your time Lindsay? sleep all right how about you kyle yeah i'm i'm taking a nap maybe three luke I'm going to make broth. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that's so interesting. I'm going to crash uh, drones into the side of a mountain and illuminate them. <laughs> I'm going to cry at commercials. Oh, so you're all just having the Lindsay experience. You're all being Lindsay for a week. Uh, all right. Well, well, we'll be back in your feed in early April with a recap of episode 11 of BattleBots. And we'll also feature another mystery guest. Thanks, Nicole, for editing this week's episode. We'll see you then, folks. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Thanks Nicole. Nicole. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye.